Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. My name is Josh, amateur radio call sign KI6NAZ. And I'm Leah, KN6NWZ. And we like to talk about ham radio, among many other things. So come along with us, won't you? Hello, Leah. How are you this week? I'm better now. Better now. I procrastinated until the last minute to do our taxes. Oh, my goodness. I don't even want to talk about that. I can't believe you brought that up. I cannot bring it up because the sheer amount of transactions that you have related to ham radio is never more apparent than tax time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 can, I, I can see that. I mean, you know, we, we can see it. We did see it. It's it's hard not to be a little bit upset with you <laughs> after taxes are done. It's it's not good, man. I, I wish I could say, like, it's all, like, just the coolest stuff. Like, just the coolest gear. Like, I have cool gear. I'm very appreciative for the position I'm in. But I buy a lot of crap sometimes. You do. To do videos on it. And, <laughs> and you sometimes don't even... I'm looking at it and I'm like, what, what, what? I mean, I, I know I bought it. I made videos on it, etc. But it's like, right. wow. It's kind of crazy. It is so crazy. <laughs> uh, let's see. I had a very interesting evening. Um, the children were taking a bath, and they just got into this drag-out fight, screaming at each other. And I yelled three times, you know, stop. You know, counted mm-hmm. to three. Then I, I adopted a new parenting technique. What's that? I started singing at the top of my lungs. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it was a show tune about how the kids are going to sleep because they don't follow the rules. <laughs> and Did it, I get a little rendition? No. Oh, okay. No. Okay. It went on for at least 10 minutes. You singing? Just me singing. How is your walking voice around the not house, gone? Just singing loudly. Edison hid. He just disappeared. <laughs> he yeeted out of here. We couldn't find him for a while after I was done. And Ben was shooketh. <laughs> like he started crying. Because of your singing? He said he was having a hard time breathing. Because and I'm going to be responsible for murdering him, and he's going to call the police. And I'm like, why? He's like, you're such a bully. You're so mean. And I'm like, I didn't do this, man. I gave you three chances to not do what you're doing. You know you're not supposed to fight with your brother. You can find ways to handle your problems without screaming. And I'm like, I'm not yelling. I'm having a great time. You're going to bed, and daddy's going to have a nice evening to himself. And I'm just excited. <laughs> He was not happy about this. Ben probably had a little bit of a rough day, though, because today when I was snuggling him, you know, I I had him, I was like hugging him all close. And then I gently said to him, Ben, I'm not going to bite you. <laughs> and then he was like, what? <laughs> Just totally taken off guard. And I was like, I don't know why you're so upset. I said, I'm not going to bite you. (laughs) Mind games. He just, and then he's like, why are you saying that? That's so weird. It makes me feel like you're going to bite me. And I was like, but I've promised you 
I am not going to bite you. Yeah. So he just had a bunch of mind games played with him today. But I did the same thing to Edison. Edison came up and snuggled me after he saw mm-hmm. Ben snuggling me. And I was like, Edison, I'm not going to bite you. Mm-hmm. And Edison says, thank you, mommy. <laughs> oh, man. These are the days. Yes. Well, anyway, thanks, everybody, for coming out to the Ham Radio Crash Course again, making another week out here directly to your ear holes, talking a little bit about ham radio. We'd like to kick things off with the Ham Radio Minute. Never a minute. And today is also going to be a response to a question I got. Actually, I take that back. It's a response to a comment I got on YouTube. And I'm paraphrasing here, but the commenter basically said, I don't know why these YouTube guys never talk about powering the radios when they do a radio review. And I thought to myself, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Because he's missing a fundamental piece of information that comes with all radios. Unless it's an HT, a handheld radio, that has a battery of some kind. They don't come with batteries or power supplies or anything like that. Some do, some portable ones. That is a very confusing part of buying a ham radio. Yeah, yeah. So when you sit down to make your budget for a ham radio, you got to consider how you're going to power it. Now, you could power it completely off of batteries. You could put a small little monocrystalline panel on the roof of your house and just have like a battery that trickle charges off the the solar. And you could run your ham radio like that, particularly if it's, you know, you're not going to put out that much power. But generally, most people will use an AC to DC power supply. So they'll be taking AC off the mains power into a small power supply or a large power supply if they've got a, you know, a linear power supply. And that will output 12 to like 13.8 volts. And that'll get the radio going. The, the question then becomes is, what is the amp draw of your radio at full power output when transmitting? And that's information that you can look up on the box of your radio, in the manual, or hopefully on the website for the, the radio that you're buying before you go buy it. That way, when you look at something like uh, an IACOM 7300, which I think has, I think it's got close to like 30 amp draw. Somebody will correct me, but uh, the point remains is whatever that number is, you want to spec your power supply or your battery bank for that matter to be able to put out that amperage, provide that amperage, so that your radio can transmit full power. What will happen is if you have a radio that's drawing more amps than the power supply can provide, you can get this kind of like uh, power fluctuating on and off Mm -hmm. kind of effect, or it just purely will not uh, go to 100% power output. You'll get like 60% out, 60 watts out for like a 100-watt transmitter. So it's a good point. And your and your radio would need to have a mm. meter on it showing you. Oh, they all they they all pretty much do. They'll show you when you're transmitting like where the peak power is mm-hmm. that you're outputting, particularly if you're doing like digital or Morse code or something like that. It'll give you a clear indicator that you're not putting out the power you expect it to be. So it, it it's a good question. Um and I think it's it's one of those it's one of those things that the more you make videos on these complicated topics or write the post, blog post, do whatever, you kind of take for granted some comments and understandings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's all something we have to go through. It's like, oh, we're talking about a 12-volt DC device. 
So we have to plan accordingly with our power. So that's the Ham Radio Minute. And thank Great. you. Great. Yeah, thanks very much. All right, so today, Leah, what are we, what beverage are we drinking? Well, you bought these very pretty cans of the Brewery Mischief. Mm-hmm. It's a hoppy Belgian-style ale. It's 8.5% alcohol by volume, and they come in one pint cans. The brewery is, and that's spelled B-R-U-E-R-Y. It is in... Uh, Placentia? Anna, Placentia or... Orange? Orange Thorpe. It's no, on Orange Thorpe Boulevard. Orange it's, County, California. It's in Orange County. I think you're right. I think it's in Placentia. It's uh, one of it's one of the local breweries, like relatively close to me, and also a very interesting brewery. It they literally says with, on the can, brewed and canned by the brewery Placentia, <laughs> California. Yes, yes. We, we can read the can. Uh, <laughs> yes. We'll fact check ourselves with the can. It's a very interesting brewery. It is the epitome of the brewery that buys a small location in a strip mall. And then as they get bigger, they just start tearing down walls of the adjacent buildings. Is it buildings in a strip mall? I thought it was in a business out. park. Uh, it's a business park slash strip mall because it was like storefronts originally. This this brewery became so big that they ended up just taking over like the whole run of this of this shop business park run. It's huge now. I you know I wonder if this is something that breweries, microbreweries across the country do. They do, but it's ubiquitous in California. Oh, it's it's the thing. There's a Harbor uh, King Harbor Brewery in Torrance, California. Well, sure, in California, but mm-hmm. I wonder if in other parts of the country, yeah, breweries are buying or renting out spots in business parks yep. and warehouse areas, and they're just biding their time to either blow up. And then they need more space, and then they just start knocking walls down and just extend yeah. out. I mean, that's literally the game. It's crazy because we've been out to San Marcos. There's a our anniversary trip. Mm-hmm. Actually, we went to the lake house in San Marcos, which if you're in the area, that's a pretty cool uh, boutique hotel to go to. Oh, yeah, that was nice. Because, you know, they have all the regular pool amenities, but there's also a lake. Yeah. And nice... you can go kayaking or go on a, a boat, and then there's a bar that overlooks the lake. And it's kind of its own self-contained compound, but very easy to Uber over to the multitude of yeah. San Marcos breweries. Yeah, and, you know, the Ubers are cheap, or at least they were at the time. You know, we were able to hopscotch around a little bit. It was great. It was a good time. But, so what do you all, think of of, but all of those breweries mm-hmm. are out of these business parks and when if when you drive to them on your own you're yeah. like am i lost what? yeah because they i think they they try they're not like going for peak real estate they're kind of going for a little bit cheaper right location. they're gonna they're going to bring their own business right they're is. basically a destination right <laughs> yeah. so people will show up even if it's kind of in a not great area and yeah it's totally the jam it's like what uh, most breweries are doing so what do you think because it's it's something you like generally which is belgian i like it but it's hoppy it's mm-hmm. a hopped, and I just saw Belgian. I didn't even see the hoppy, and I bought it. You know, it's interesting. It's hoppy without being bitter. Yes. which That is, is so interesting. Yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, Belgians have a very, you know, what was it last week where we talked about where if, if you've got a friend who normally drinks like macro beers, like Bud Light, yes. it's got a very German, Lagers. German kind of palate to mm-hmm. it. Belgian beers are like a similar palate. But like more nuanced, more character. There's 
so many things going on with a, with a good Belgian beer. That's one of the ones I always like recommend people. If you like Stella Artois, you may like yeah. the brewery Mischief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do actually like Stella Artois. That's, that's a pretty Stella good Artois macro Stella Artois light, though, for me. It's a little too on the light side. Sorry you're not getting drunk enough. <laughs> no, I, I just, I like the, I like triples. I like Belgian triples. Those are my sure. favorite. So, yeah. Hey, guys, join the conversation by leaving a review on iTunes for the Ham Radio Crash Course podcast. The link is in the show notes, but you can find us if you just search for Ham Radio Crash Course on iTunes and or emailing us at hamtactical.com. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, and it will help the Ham Radio Crash Course reach more hams and future hams. And we appreciate that. Thank you. So we do have a review over on iTunes, and we do Ooh. read your reviews on the podcast. Thanks so much to Russ KC5CNT. <coughs> oh, well, now I got the cough. Mm-hmm. The hosts, Leah and Josh, have this impressive way of weaving their love of ham radio and everyday life. Everything from prepping, soda, poda, etc. Beverage <laughs> reviews, chili, raising a family, to touch lamps. And in parentheses can't touch this <laughs> you can get it all on here josh and leah thank you for all you do for the podcast russ in vermont hey thank you very much russ. thank you russ that. and yeah we'd love it if you russ did has us... emailed us before oh, very... too. oh yeah yeah, yeah. Yes. cnt that's right yes uh so yeah Thanks, if you, you want to give us a review on itunes we'll read it on the show and we really do appreciate it because it does help out the uh, the podcast algorithms if you will so, Leah, what have you been uh, using this week? Have you been getting, I saw you had that uh, Peak Design tote pulled out in your office. Oh, I had it pulled out because I thought I left something in it for taxes. Mm. That's <laughs> well, I traveled. Yes, you did. I traveled this weekend. I went to Fieldcraft Survival in Heber, Utah. And I did, man, what do we do? I think we did like four or five YouTube videos or, or videos um, during the whole the whole stale was out there, which was awesome. Man, Mike Glover. Oh man, I'm that. What a visionary! That I'm guy. telling you. Um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of bad things that happened to businesses like over COVID, and Mike and Fieldcraft Survival just had growth. Man, they're just they're reaching more people. They're training more people. When I went to that's actually so good for the country too. It's, it's when awesome. People become more preparedness oh minded, gosh, yeah. more self reliance minded. Completely, completely. Yeah. When they were in Prescott, you know, they had a nice little spot in Prescott, but they didn't have like a storefront. They didn't have a place where they could hold live classes. They could do um, like talks, like I did. And they in their new location in Heber, man, they got it all going on. It's crazy. They got a storefront with all the cool stuff they sell, which is is it's not just fieldcraft products. It's like the gamut. They have four wheel off off roading stuff. They have a lot of first aid equipment, which I thought was really awesome because it's it's not like here's that kit you buy at REI. Mm-hmm. It's actually like components. Like you can go in and you can grab specific things and build a kit out of it. From somebody who knows how right. to survive. Well, a couple of people there are, you know, they're they're veterans. They're involved in uh, survival outdoor stuff. Multiple experts are, are are involved with peak design. Sorry, not peak design. Uh, Fieldcraft. <laughs> <laughs> 
And it was just super cool. They even have like a fly fishing section. So I was geeking out with some of the fly rods. And they have some nice fly rods. I was like, man, I don't want to see this right now. I haven't been fly fishing in a long time. I don't have the time to Could do this. Could you fly fish while ham radio operating? You know? You look like I didn't put the antenna This on is the what I'm rod, saying. Right? Because mm-hmm. fly, fly line's pretty heavy until you get to the... Uh, the actual the there's like a weighted line in the front of fly fish uh rods so that's what oh no that i was action. thinking that you use the ham radio mm-hmm. and the antenna on the ham radio as your pole oh, oh. and then you're just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know flicking the radio back right. and forth this is this is a thought that's it sounds like a good product right it's, it's something it's something <laughs> we don't like unitaskers yeah <laughs> So I I, uh, I traveled with my Peak Design Traveler, which I did a video on. It's the backpack that I use that I call my portable studio bag. Mm-hmm. I can take multiple laptops, multiple cameras, including webcams, audio equipment, and ham radio. I generally always bring some kind of antenna, my 705, solar panels, all of that I cram in this bag. It is my go-to travel bag for sure at this point. There's so many features on it that are just out outrageous uh, for, for going and doing air travel. So, again, uh, we are a Peak Design affiliate, so the link is in the description. But I just wanted to mention that, again, that it is literally designed to get you... You get so excited about these bags when you travel. It's crazy. It, it's, it's so... So, for me, right, when I travel, I'm always getting pulled out of line in TSA. And I've got that bag set up. I wonder why, man. I wonder why. I just... I get. It. I have it set up. The straps fold under and have like a magnet closure, so it basically turns it into like a smooth side duffel. Got pulled out, and they pull the bag over, and they're like, "Yeah, this is my bag." And he's like, "I just need to open the side of it." I'm like, "Okay, cool." Flip it over. He flips it over. I'm like, "The big zippers open them all the way up." Boom! Opens it up. It's the whole bag. The whole shebang. The whole shebang. Found it immediately. It was the 705. The Icom 705. And the guy's like, I wanted one of these. He's like, this is pretty cool. I'm like, do I need do I need to turn it on or anything? I'm like, can I turn it on? Can I give you a live demo? <laughs> I got enough space. I got an antenna. Can I set it up? Would that be cool? When do you go on break? I got like five minutes before my flight. It, it was it was cool. I don't know why you would say you have five minutes before your flight. You are literally one of the most consistent people about arriving Dude, to an airport early enough. They were boarding by the time <gasps> I got to the gate. No. It is. It, w- it was blowing my mind. I walked up and I was, they were already on like the third. You were so uncomfortable. I was so uncomfy. so uncomfy. So uncomfy. <laughs> the reason was, is they, uh, it was the terminal where you have to hop on. So you enter the terminal, you go through TSA, then you have to hop on a bus and mm-hmm. they drive you like, half a mile down LAX to a completely satellite terminal. Wow. I didn't know it was on the satellite terminal. Or you would have gotten there three hours I would have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Because they moved the gate on me. I, I, I know that terminal because I hate that terminal. And I was like, man, <laughs> they did it to me. But anyway, it was fine. I, I got there and everything was good. On the way back, though, first time in any amount of time I can remember – didn't get stopped. What? Leaving Utah. TSA did not stop me. Utah's like, we see ham radios all the time. Yeah, You're good, man. They just kicked my bag out, and I'm like... They looked at joke? your bag, and I was like, oh, like every other bag has a 705 in it. <laughs> Is this a trap? If I pick this up and walk with it, are you going to, like, <laughs> Tackle release me? the dogs? <laughs> I'm maybe be on the ground in five minutes. <laughs> what is going on? So that was pretty cool. Anyway, yeah, thanks again for listening, and 
Check out the links to Peak Design. I appreciate this stuff is expensive, but it's lifetime warranty, and it's literally the best uh, bags I own, no question. Sure. But can I talk about something that I'm using oh, yeah. this week? Sure. Okay, so I, I'm obviously somebody who's into productivity tips, and <laughs> yeah. I am also hacking the system deep into trying to get kids to behave, right? I would okay. Sure, you don't. You don't agree. I mean, no, I believe you are, but I mean, like, aren't most parents like? Isn't that well? I'm always trying to find a better way to do it mm-hmm. that requires less of me yelling, right, and more of them thinking to themselves, like taking responsibility for the actions they need to take, right? Because I'm not going to be there their whole lives nagging them. God, please do not. Make me be the person. No, yeah. This is awesome. I've been waiting for the tie-in and update to our taser discussion from a couple of months ago. Well, my goal as a parent is to make them the, like, good humans who contribute to the world and are responsible, right? And productive members of society. Right, right, right. right? Yeah, that's like every parent's goal. Well, I don't know. Goal. I, I wouldn't say that's every parent's goal. Some, some Dare parents to dream. Are, Dare yeah. to dream. <laughs> so one of the things that I bought recently, well, I bought two things because I realized that a lot of what I was doing was aligning their time. Mm-hmm. I would be like, oh, this much more time until we have to do this or at this time we're going to do this. Right. But the clocks... Are, are not any clocks that they can read. Oh, okay. So I got them... A, actually, it's it's a clock that's meant for dementia patients. Oh, geez. So that... Or not just... Or anybody who's for, like losing their memory. So it's just a plain screen that has... It kind of looks like a seven-inch tablet. Right. And it has the day of the week, mm-hmm. the actual date the time, and the time of day. So it'll say morning, afternoon, or evening. Okay. And along with that, I got a timer. And we use a lot of timers in the house. Usually Alexa, right, Right. is our timer. But Alexa doesn't have a visual cue. So Mm. you have no idea how much time you have left on the timer unless you're asking her. Right. So I got a timer where it, it can go up to an hour, but when you turn it, the time remaining turns red on, oh. the, on the timer. So you can see it visually, the red oh, visually like decreasing. Right. Yes, yeah. Great. And it has changed the game with the kids. I'll be like, at this time, we are going here. Right. And then they have been basically telling me, oh, it's this time. And at this time, we're going there. And right. then at the time we're supposed to be going, they're like, it's time to go there. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, and then the timer, you could set the difference, right? Right. And actually, the kids tend to take too long taking a bath. And uh, the timer requires no batteries. So I put the timer in, in the bathroom when they're taking a bath. Right. And I'll say, you have 10 minutes to take a bath. It's not a lot of time. I'm going to show you. And I turn it to 10 minutes. And they soap so quickly <laughs> and get out of oh, the tub. Oh, wow. That's yeah. smart. That's really smart. And they race the clock. Oh. Yeah. Nice. That is a good hack. So that's a that's a good one. And it works on adults, too. 
You know, Josh, you have what? You have two hours to finish this podcast. (laughs) Oh, oh, I see the red. Okay, yes. (laughs) Let's race that clock. Well, very good. Uh, Thank you for your comments there, Leah. Do you have a preparedness corner this week? Are we talking preparedness? Yes, (laughs) I do. It's a pregnant pause. Okay. (laughs) My preparedness corner this week actually has to do with how you are keeping your vital documents. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. We talk a lot about preparedness in the context of um, total total annihilation, right? Okay. Well, we don't have to worry about those documents. Post-apocalyptic. But in reality, preparedness is about the different levels of disaster. Right. Right. I saw a video uh, today of, it was on Ring. You know, you can share with your neighbors Mm -hmm. uh, the footage. Somebody had a Ring cam in their house, and it caught two burglars going through their house. One guy straight up just carrying one of those fireproof safes. The tiny ones, Mm -hmm. just no problem, carrying through, picking up some other stuff on the way, Mm -hmm. and leaving the house. Yeah. Right? Because oh, fun story on those too, right? They're designed to be resistant to fire. You know what right. they're not resistant to? What? Getting thrown as hard as possible onto concrete. Yeah. They just open. So people use that a lot to keep vital documents. Mm-hmm. But in reality, that is a target for theft. Mm-hmm. And then all of your vital documents, even ones they could care less about, are now gone. Right. They probably just threw them away. Yeah, or use it for identity thieving or something. Mm, Thieving, yes. So a good way to handle things is obviously a safe deposit box. Sure, but who's got the time? Well, not just that. And the money. They're really expensive. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. They're they're not ideal, uh, but you're supposed to keep copies of things. Right. right? One copy in one secure location, one copy in another secure location. And scan, make digital copies. Right. Have you considered a pirate chest that we bury in the backyard? Well, that's my my preparedness corner. <laughs> is you dig? This is great because I've yes. been wanting to talk to you about caches for a while. <laughs> you, this is a big prepper thing. What? Have you heard of caches? I haven't. Like cache me outside. Well, yeah, How like, about that? Cache me outside where I buried a Homer bucket full of nine millimeter bullets <laughs> and a uh, and a handgun. Well, that makes sense. Basically, like whatever you'd put in like a backpack, if you had like bug out, you take that, put it in a Homer bucket, bury it, or get, um, you know, those big fat PVC pipes mm-hmm. with the couplings, the end caps. Yeah. Cut it to size, stuff your stuff in there, throw the, oh, the lids smart. on it and bury it. Yeah. Okay. So actually what I was going to recommend mm-hmm. is if you don't have a gun safe, mm. a full size gun safe, you know. That you bolt to the ground. That you bolt yes. to the ground. Yes. Uh, you should get one. Okay. I, I know. I know they're expensive. Yes, they, they are, and I have very, very serious opinions on gun safes. And the answer, and if, they, and the and point if is, that is too expensive, mm-hmm. then figure out some other bolt down method for a cheaper safe. the The problem with the cheaper safes is people look at like the gun cabinets; like they're not really very thick; they're just like thin mm-hmm. metal. Um, it has to be fireproof, though. Right. Right. Um. The problem that I've always found with gun safes is whatever you buy, they're too small. They're just too small. Sure. Because you're going to buy a safe for the guns you have, and you'll buy it bigger 
just assuming you're going to buy a couple more guns. Mm-hmm. But then you're inevitably just going to buy way more guns. And then that's just not a big enough safe anymore. Well, or, or you could just not. It happens fast. You know, it's it doesn't have to. Yeah, See, I, mean, I mean, it doesn't have to. I mean, it does, though. It, it doesn't have to. This is not a good conversation to have on the heels of taxes. (laughs) I mean, you need to just kick back for a hot minute on your on the spending. Okay, I'm happy with my gun safe. (laughs) I'm not. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying that if you're going to get one, so you're looking for fireproof, uh, waterproof, um, bolt down. Waterproof is a hard ask. Harder ask, but sure. Sure. Um, And keep a set of documents in there. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is. You've, you've got to find a way to hide that safe. Because if somebody does a home invasion robbery and there's a big safe mm-hmm. in the corner, they're going to make you open it. Sure. Gun to your head. Are you not going to open it because of what's in there? You know, of course, you're going to open it. Maybe not gun to your head, but gun to a loved one's head or something. Mm-hmm. So you need to hide that safe. You need to hide I mean, it. That's easier said than done sometimes, but sure. Sure. I mean, we have ours hidden. Sure. Relatively. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Behind another gun safe. Yes, that's it. It's a decoy safe. The decoy safe. Right. That's actually funny. My friend Helen, we were talking about the guy carrying the safe today. And she was like, I have one of those in my house. And I filled it with rocks because them. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That is... That is very interesting. It's just a dummy safe. There's nothing yes, in it. Yes, it's just rocks. <laughs> wow. It's a spite yeah. safe. Yes. <laughs> I've never heard of a spite safe. It's like safe. the most extreme version of an Amazon box filled with poop. <laughs> it's, she's, she picked up all of her uh, home security from Kevin McAllister. Yes. From Home Alone. <laughs> this, is, this is more of a documentary than a than a movie anyways think of keeping your vital documents like birth certificates um life insurance policies all insurance policies the deeds to your house like the proof of ownership on any of your major assets oh yeah anything that you know you're gonna hate if you have to like replace it because it's gonna take you so much time or if you can at all passports store your passports in your safe you know, cryptocurrency passwords, mm. <laughs> you know. My safe is full of my cryptocurrency. Uh, offshore bank account phone numbers that if you lose. <laughs> Put your sat phone in there too, yeah. while you're at it. Indeed, that's a, that's a good yeah. tip. And I mean, make copies too, right? Copies. Like physical copies and a digital copy. Redundancies. Redundancies of redundancies. and mm-hmm. And even though you know, safe deposit boxes are expensive. I think the smallest ones, Mm -hmm. if you're looking at just documents, I think uh, Wells Fargo, if you're an account holder, has them as low as $65 a year. For a safe deposit box? It's it's tiny. I was going to say, you just got to cram everything in there. For, you know. Practice your origami skills. Well, they're long. Oh, okay. Right. You want to know what one of my, my favorite tips is that I got from a, uh, when I was taking my cert class, hmm. the fire chief who was doing the cert, which generally the educators for cert are, uh, are people involved with firefighting. Sure. Sometimes police officers do it too. He said, uh, just coming back to the Homer bucket, go buy a Homer bucket, put all your crap in a Homer bucket mm-hmm. and just hide it in your garage. 
Nobody's going through your stuff-filled garage. Is a Homer bucket fireproof? No, but it's it's also a garage. Like garages don't ever burn down. They absolutely what? do burn down, but <laughs> uh, let's go back to burying the Homer bucket instead. Okay, okay. okay. But that, take that's a Homer also an bucket, bury it in the I mean, ground. You could, you could line it with asbestos. Okay, so if you don't want to get a safe deposit box, feel free to bury your Homer bucket. Go buy a used, uh, a used fireproof racing suit. I'm not even kidding right now. A like, what? Go buy like a, a racing suits, like we you know car racers. Go buy yeah. like a, a, a used one that that they're selling on like eBay or something for like really cheap. Mm-hmm. That stuff's like really good material. Yeah. Wrap your documents in that, throw it in a Homer bucket, hide yeah. in the garage. And my last tip is actually to get they make. Um, fireproof waterproof folders oh and put that with your go stuff like everything that you uh, i guess this is another preparedness tip but Whoa. you should have it's a double header a location where you keep all of the things that you need to grab in case of uh, an immediate emergency where you need to leave mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. your where you would have your go bag or whatnot and this should be one of the things mm-hmm. that is kept in that area your go jeez oh Oh, man your go safe no it's not it's actually a pretty lightweight binder oh that's fire safe and waterproof uh i will see if i can find a link to that and put it in the show notes if not i'll i'll find another way to share it with you but uh there's a a small company that came out with a really great product Mm -hmm. i like that i don't know if people have copied it now and you could get it easier but Cool. Uh, a few years ago. That's yeah, why I Thanks at. for sharing that. It's a good yeah. good preparedness corner. Thank you. Well, that means it's time for the Correspondence Tower. Correspondence Tower. So last week, if you remember last week, we recorded on a Tuesday. Really threw some people for really a Really screwed some things <laughs> up. So we have more than a week's worth of emails, potentially. It's not that much. Okay. All right. I'm starting out with the Brotherhood of the Traveling Baofeng. This is from Simon. Greetings from the UK to Queen Leia and the Surf, who oh. won't sort the sprinklers out. Good news, Josh sorted the sprinklers. I out. did. <laughs> I it got was... up on Mother's Day and I, I did it. I did the whole. Th- I did a lot on Mother's Day, actually. You did. You did. I was kicking butt on Mother's Day. Fantastic. Just and all I got, the mothers just I kicked them. Got... <laughs> That's why I had to leave the house. That's right. Yeah. I didn't want my butt kicked. <laughs> but I got my planter bed in too. Mm-hmm. And I lined it and everything. And I am doing that huggle thing. I, I think I've talked about it before on the podcast. Right. It's like huggle gardening where you have the base is a wood that will decay over time and enrich the soil. And then you put a composting layer over it. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then you put like kind of a like dry compost on top of that and then you layer soil Mm -hmm. so the the soil will continuously enrich as everything breaks down nice so i am in the composting stage i'm just tossing all kinds of food scraps in there right now oh wow and so you've got quite a build-up planned yeah because it's actually it's going to be cheaper and better for the garden to uh to do that than just fill it all the way with like potting soil yeah yeah Soil. I, I do a soil manure sand mix. Oh. Yeah. Sounds fancy. Well, you need it so that the roots of the plants have enough mobility. The sand kind of gives it that. Kind of spaces it out so it's not too mm-hmm. thick. That's how you don't get carrots that look like they're having sex with each other. 
what? Yeah. Carrots are notoriously hard to get perfect. Carrots are notoriously horny is what you're saying? No, um, their roots will go down the path of least resistance. Oh, gotcha. So once one starts finding a path, the other one's like, well, I'm down. Right, exactly. So you need... So the soil has to be loosened enough for the carrot to actually grow straight down. Right. And the sand kind of helps that. Otherwise, just soil and manure start densely packing when you add water. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. So Simon says, I emailed you a short while ago regarding some friends of mine who at work who were interested in my ham radio Facebook post that I had passed my Baofeng HT and foundation level test manual onto. The good news is they both passed the foundation level exam next last week and without any prompting from me have passed the HT and manual onto their friends who are interested in amateur radio. This is exactly how it needs to go. Wow. This is you got it. You're you're tapped in, man. I love it. I love what you're doing. That's exactly, I just posted a video talking about this just today. This is exactly right. Give those Baofangs away. I'm not saying don't buy Baofangs. I'm saying just buy a couple, not a lot. (laughs) Save up and get some better radios. um, And then start gifting those Baofangs out. Get them in the hands of people that that are ham adjacent. Simon says, if my old HT ends up going on a journey around the UK, helping new hams get into the hobby, it would be the best 25 pounds I ever spent. And after being inspired by your journey, Leah, to get your technician license, I decided to study again and go for my intermediate license. Hey, good for you. After an anxiety-filled two a few weeks, I sat my exam Monday evening and passed. Man, congratulations. That's awesome. Congratulations to you. Congratulations to your friends. Congratulations to the Baofeng that's getting passed around this the UK. That's awesome. Yeah, it's perfect. Nice yeah. done. Also, a big shout out to my exam individuator. Ooh. Just, yeah. I do like the words sometimes <laughs> in the UK. Dave VE9CB, who individuated my UK exam from Canada. I was going to say, what was the call sign? this amazing man just does this to give back to the hobby he loves and i'm very grateful he did i just think he deserved a mention Mm -hmm. well thank you dave for helping simon get licensed with an well actually get his intermediate license Very good, man. With a new license come new responsibilities and more power, which means new radios. Yes, that's right. This man has (laughs) it all put together. He is on the pulse of how to do ham radio correctly. I'm very lucky that my wife tolerates my radio habit, but she has one rule. If a new radio comes in, an old radio goes out. So out went three HTs, including my beloved Kenwood THD-74, which, being honest, is too complicated for an inexperienced ham like myself. But incoming and fully paid for by the sale of the HTs is a Soda Beams band spring end-fed antenna, Mm -hmm. Soda Beams 7-meter pole, Mm -hmm. and 10 uh, AH life four battery sure and and the shegu 90 
for going in the G90. woods. Uh, yeah, okay. the G90. Uh, he left the G out. Shegu 90 is how he labeled it. Mm-hmm. For going in the woods in case of an emergency. I might be in need of a hoodie saying that in the future. It's pronounced in a woods. In a woods. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, he's British. Uh, okay. Okay. Then it's in a woods. <laughs> in a woods. What? What? I don't know. No, I don't think you have that one right. Okay. <laughs> in a hedge. <laughs> in a hedge. I think that's Australian what you're doing right I don't now. know. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Thanks for everything you do for the hobby and brightening my Fridays. Cheers in 73. Simon B. E, uh, 2E0HFO. Nice. Thank you, Simon. What Congrats, an inspiring Simon. story. Yeah, that's the way to do it, man. I mean, not that latter part. You got well, gypped on that one, but <laughs> <laughs> passing the Balfangs around is the way to go. The next email is titled Red Ribbon Week. Mm. And this is from Jake. These these crack me up. I this this whole thing cracks me up so much that people are like, Yeah, that stupid shadow box. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Sorry. Good evening, Zarina Leia Whoa. and Vassal Josh. Whoa. Oh, I love these there's, titles. Man. There's a whole lot I, of medieval terms just coming I out ap- hot in I the I appreciate uh, it. I appreciate it. Vassal and surf, man. As long as I'm not a Romanoff, I'm okay. (laughs) Jeez. First, I need to chastise Josh a tad. My mind had completely ridden itself of any memories of Red Ribbon Week. After Josh's story, I completely remember a local sheriff passing around fake paraphernalia to resemble drugs. Awesome. This would have been near fourth grade, if I recall properly. I'm not sure how, at nine years old, knowing what a fat spliff looked like, except, (laughs) (laughs) like, kept me off drugs, but hey, I'll take it. Wow. Anyway, not much traffic this week, but I did think of a t-shirt idea. Something along the lines of HRCC email correspondent with either an antenna correspondence tower in the background, something Winlink related, or just home covered in Pelotons. (laughs) No, this is an easy one. You know how, like, um, the old school, like, view of the press, they've got the hat, the fedora, with the uh-huh. little card that says press? Mm-hmm. It's a fedora hat, but there's an antenna sticking out of it. Okay. And it says email correspondent. All right. Right? You've designed it. HRCC email correspondent. All right. Look, I'm no artist. You don't pay me well, to Well, I be. get that. It's In okay. fact. We, we, we workshop it live. In fact, you don't pay me at all. <laughs> Is to what Jake says. It's true. Well, if we make the shirt, you'll get one. So Yes, that's, that's, that's that true. That is a payment. Yes. <laughs> this email should surely shore up the podcast from four hours to three hours and 59 minutes. <laughs> I hope you guys are drinking something strong tonight. Back to you at Podcast Control 73. <laughs> I like it. Jake, KD9QYL. <laughs> that's funny. Good job, Jake. Thank you, Jake. The next email is titled Non-NATO Phonetics. <laughs> yes. And this is sugar. from Gabriel. Sugar. Everything sugar. Sugar. Hello, Leia and Josh. I've been listening to your podcast for a while, and it's great, even with the ever-increasing length. 
In episode 90, you guys mentioned the use of Mary as opposed to Mike for a phonetic M. Someone else might have already written in about it, but in case no one has yet, I believe it may be from the still fairly common Adam Boy Charles phonetic alphabet used by police slash first responders linked here. Yep, yep, yep. And I'll drop the link in the show notes. You are 100% right. Alternatively, some non-NATO standard phonetics may originate from the World War II era U.S. Abel Baker phonetic alphabet linked here. Note that it includes sugar, and I will link that oh, one as well. Oh, I thought it was... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought got, sugar was totally just, just like the called thing made out. up. Like, oh, man. I'm okay with Mary. I don't really care, but Japan is another one. People use Japan a lot. I'm by no means a linguistics expert, though. It's just what I could think of. On a different note, I wanted to say thank you to both of you for keeping ham radio entertaining for me in some level or another. These past six months or so have been a little odd for me, and I lost all interest in radio. Oh, no. Yeah, you better keep reading. We're going to have to ban this email. (laughs) This correspondent is going to lose his privileges. (laughs) I haven't turned on my HF rigs in months. And the last time I spoke to someone on VHF was early, late fall or late summer last year. Mm-hmm. I'm not much of a talker anyways. And even setting up an antenna and taking it down every time it stormed became too much of a hassle. I've considered selling some or all of my equipment, but I haven't quite gotten to that point yet. It feels like quite a waste as I received a nice, shiny, new TX500 in the mail within the first week of January. Wow. And the first of the furthest it's gone outside is my backyard. Maybe that will change sometime, but for now, your podcast and the HRCC YouTube videos sate my radio needs. Yeah, I, I appreciate that, but I mean, this is going to sound odd, but I'm not a big talker on the radio myself what yeah i mean of course you absolutely I do. you're of just a big talker in general I, that's inaccurate no 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 i am a big talker in general but um for those of you that that don't you know mike k8mrd is like that mm-hmm. mike's a huge talker he and i uh-huh. can get on a live stream and just go to town mm-hmm. in the after chats he and i just have a blast try digital modes Try digital modes. Really, you don't have to talk. You just make contacts, and it's super satisfying because those contacts are way longer than you'd be able to do with voice anyway. Perfect for QRP. I will say this, Gabriel. I I think that we have been in the panoramic for so long <laughs> that people feel like they're no longer entitled to all of the negative feelings that have come from the up and down and the stress and the worry and the changing restrictions and really a full interruption of life right. for over 15 months. Like, shut up. I'm in here, too. Do you see me complaining? Right. It's like in the beginning, it was okay for everybody to feel like it's traumatic. But now that it it's, still is. It is. It absolutely And is. nobody's acknowledging it anymore because, you know, parts of the world have gone back to somewhat normal. Other parts of the world are way worse. Yeah, they're going through it for like the first time where we were like last year, right? Right. So I think you give yourself a break. I think everybody deserves yeah. a little grace at this time. I, I always say it's it's all bets are off. Like all bets are off. Like what happens... 
I'm not, this doesn't mean Carmen Blanche should do anything immoral or anything like that. But at the same time, it's like, don't be hard on yourself about stuff like this. Yeah. It's, it, it's just not, the, it's the, not the, conducive to your mental health at the end yeah. of the day to beat yourself up for how you behave during a pandemic. Yeah. Like, come on. It's cool. There's actually a finance guru um, that I'm not going to recommend, but I'm going to mm-hmm. uh, say a bit of his advice right now. Uh, and I'm sure people will know exactly who I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. But um, one of the things that he recommends, despite being very big on reducing your debt. Oh, okay. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> is when you are... Uh-huh in a um a very emotional state like you've lost something significant um don't make any major decisions like don't don't start getting rid of things because this is not your normal where we are today is not this will not be your normal I, i mean i i hate to put it too too bluntly but your state of mind is offset from your normal yeah, it, it is for everybody. Even yeah. humans are really good at getting into a pattern and working the pattern. Yes, they they get a pattern going and they latch onto it, and then that's just like their day in day out. Yeah, the chaos going inside their brain could be at an epic level, but they'll keep doing that routine. That's yeah. what humans do, and you'll often feel like you need to do something drastic to mm-hmm. like break the chain, break the cycle, and. You don't need to, particularly when, or or at least hold off, when it's in such chaotic times. I agree completely. Yeah. So, I I mean, I've kind of gone through the same thing, where the things that really used to bring me joy, I just have no energy or desire to do anymore. I think my dopamine levels have Mm -hmm. gotten to a point where I'm not even chasing the dopamine of joy anymore. Wow. So I, that sounds really depressing. Yeah, I that's... do. I'm still very happy about things, but hobbies take time and effort, mm-hmm. and you do those things for a reward of of the feeling of accomplishment or something. And I think that it's very different right now. Yeah, to be honest, I mean, I, I've gone through. I'm not going to call it depression, but at the same time, it's like I'm just like, man, it's just a lot of energy to like do another review, go set up an antenna in the backyard do a review on it, go out and do a thing, blah, blah, blah. And when he said like, oh, you know, when the storms come, I got to take everything down and put it back up. I get that. I totally feel Mm -hmm. what he's saying. It totally makes sense. It's totally real. There is nothing more fun to me than activating and and getting on the air and having fun with radio. But at the same time, there's a lot of baggage that goes along with that. Mm -hmm. Setting up the radio, dragging everything outside, for me, it's also then setting up camera and doing audio and all that other fun mm-hmm. stuff that goes along with it. To be honest, so in straight transparency, this is a lot of the reason why I try and get people to like set up a fixed antenna in their home, mm-hmm. set something up on the side of the house. There was nothing more freeing to me than when I put up a fixed antenna and I had it connected via coax to my radio in a designated ham shack kind of space. This is kind of an interesting, this is the way I approach productivity too. You, if there's something that you want to get done on a regular basis, right. yep. you have to reduce every barrier to get there. It, 100%. Because once I did that, it made turning on the radio, getting on the air so much easier. Mm-hmm. It made it as 
casual as me wearing a robe in on a Sunday morning, grabbing my coffee, walking up to the radio, turning it on, and it was done. Yes. That is a feeling of joy just, that is hard. I love it so much when you spend your Sunday mornings like that. It's just it's, so, so great uh, for my, me. Because my joy <laughs> radiates and you can sure. bask in the glow of the Father. It's just the... Of joy. <laughs> the joyous glow of the Father. Okay. Well, I hope that ha- helps Gabriel. I, I don't know if that I, helps, Gabriel, but Gabriel, man, I'm with you, man. But I, I'm, I would say the same thing. Hold on, particularly with that TX500. Oh, my gosh, that's a cool radio. Yeah. That deserves to go out and have a little bit of fun with it. Gabriel, and don't, don't take that as a big goal. Like, you know what I mean? Just go to a park, throw a wire in the air and have a little bit of fun. Yes. Yes. And Gabriel signs off. Thanks for the laughs and knowledge. 73, Gabriel. Thank you, Gabriel. Thank you for that email. And uh, hopefully, you know... It can only get better from here. Right? Well, even yeah. even if it doesn't, eventually there's going to be an equilibrium that is reached in your mind. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a year is enough for the equilibrium. Maybe. It, all people are going to be different. So True. take your time. Don't do, and I, I think if you if you think, oh, this is going to get better, I'm going to be better. I think that's also kind of a a false a false narrative, false positive okay. kind of thing. You're right. The next email is titled 80 meter full wave loop. And this is from Justin. Yes. Hey, Leah and Josh. Thank you both for keeping me entertained every week with the podcast. After learning from another listener that you can listen to the podcast at faster speeds, I don't think shoring up the podcast is necessary. In fact, this is this easily allows you to lengthen it by 50%. Oh, my goodness. No. Oh, well, I guess I'll just have to set the playback speed slower to get through my whole oh, mail okay. route. So if, if, people, if people that listen to us at one-to-one speed are asking us to, like, increase it, that's a compliment. But if that people are like, nice. you, should, you should increase the speed because when I'm running it at twice speed, <laughs> it's really short. <laughs> okay. I do have a question for either of you. I'm lucky enough to have a neighbor who is letting me use their semi-undeveloped lot to put up a full wave 80 meter loop. I like it. I just took down my dipole and I'm looking to put up the loop this weekend. Mm -hmm. It will hang about 30 feet above the ground. Since the antenna supports will be trees, I'm going to need a tensioning weight to counteract the swing of the trees. I'm looking for an economical option that will be okay if left to the elements long term. Sure. Do you have any suggestions what to use or how much weight should be needed? Pause. I'm so sorry, Justin, because we did not read this before your weekend. <gasps> oh, th- we're still in last week emails. Oh, yes, Justin. Oh, yes. Justin. Oh, Justin. Thanks for all the effort you guys put into everything you do for the community. 73 and 88, Justin, K-O-4-C-E-Q. Justin, if it's not too late, Josh too late. is very excited. <laughs> okay. So here's what you do. You, you go by um, marine cheap, cheap marine pulleys. Single spindle pulleys, okay? You get a throw line. Throw line that is going to be relatively weather resistant. You throw it up in the tree. You hoist the pulley up. Lock it off. 
of course, before you put the pulley up, though, you're going to have to have another line attached to it to hoist other things up, right? Of okay. course. This would be the line that you're balancing out the the. No, the you just sway. put the pulley up, and then you've got to aim the line. Into the in hole. The- <laughs> yes. This is when you have... Now, 30 months of hardcore archery practice. <laughs> this is the first thing you do. It's the first thing. <laughs> So what you use to keep tension on the weight and the line is a window weight. Are you familiar with what a window weight is? Is it where you take an old window pane and you use it as the weight to be eco-friendly? A a piece of glass? No, a a window frame. No, 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 no. So those, those windows that go up and down, vertical windows? Yes. A lot of them have actual metal weights inside the frame that are on a pulley. Oh. You can buy them online they're called window weights and they're cylinders of metal or some kind of composite material a lot of people use those as the tension balancers because if you think about it leah i don't know if leah knows this he's building basically a horizontal loop antenna it is an unbroken piece of wire that's probably like 300 plus feet for 80 meters and all the spots where he's going to stop along the way to keep it 30 feet off the ground he has to have something that allows for the free movement of trees without putting too much pull force on the wire to snap it. Huh. So to do that, you would use a uh, ceramic insulator or a plastic insulator that you would feed the antenna wire through. Okay. You hoist that up, right? Mm-hmm. And then you use an appreciable amount of weight on that hoisting wire to give you the appropriate 30 feet loft off of the ground but free floating enough that if things sway, the wire's not pulled taut. Okay. 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 So it's actually a bit of a, a, a ballet that you have to do over this space that you're filling up with this, you know, 300 foot plus uh, length of wire. That's how I would do it. Hear me out. Mm. What about a gyroscope? What? <laughs> Gyroscopes are tiny. A very large gyroscope. <laughs> that doesn't. think about it i'm trying i I literally (laughs) paused to think about where you were going with this that's not going to do you build a frame what oh oh, a frame that's not going to do anything leah but you build i I appreciate your heads in the game but uh wow (laughs) we're not building torpedoes right now we're trying to build uh it, it, it's it's very easy to do this. You just need some kind of amount of weight. You're making me feel like this is a bad idea. A little <laughs> bit. Yeah, that was a little bad. Uh, at, at some point, though, you can go with like a galvanized steel pole or rod, something that will is, is weather resistant. And then you'd use like a rope toggle at the bottom. You'd feed the toggle with the rope attached down through it and then adjust the toggle so it squared it off. And then you could use that too. The only question is, like, how much weight you need. Those window weights seem to be mm, heavy enough that they should be able to hoist it all up and not have a big problem. Okay. So there you go. Watch hope, out for the deal. Ho- hope you got the <laughs> the podcast in time for your installation. Man. We're, <laughs> man, people, I feel really bad I know. Now, now I, I was really like, bad. hey, man, we got to do, I got to do what I got to do. And there's like, you don't understand. This weekend, <laughs> this weekend, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> Your email answers will ruin my day if it doesn't solve my specific problem. 
<laughs> the next email is titled Surprise Propagation. And this is from what I'm assuming is a very disappointed Nathan. Because <laughs> well, he's gonna, he sent this. <laughs> he's going to send, he's going to have another one later. Sure. Was it Friday or Thursday? It was. Late though? Uh, let's see. Hold on. Uh, around the time he usually sends it, or probably a little bit earlier than he normally He sends. sent like two last week and the week before. Okay, I don't know. Well, Nathan, <laughs> we'll see if there's another Nathan, one you've coming. you've been dethroned. <laughs> to my dearest fellow amateur radio chums, I am safely visiting my grandmother in Massachusetts from Vermont. I was spinning the dial on 20 meters in the afternoon and was surprised to hear an operator from the Czech Republic Ooh. on SSB. Previously, all my contacts were either in the U.S. or Canada. Mm-hmm. I was very happy to get through. I made a bunch of contacts in Europe, such as Belgium, Italy, Croatia, Germany, Slovenia, and the Czech Republic. It may also be the location that made me able to hear them better because it's not there's not a lot of RF interference in the area. It seems. Yes, I heard multiple of these contacts saying they were pointing towards North America with beam antennas. Mm -hmm. That made me very happy. As always, thanks for the podcast. Seventy three K one M A Z. Nathan, I love it that you're out there making contacts. That's great. Thank you for the email, Nathan. And this has me thinking, mm-hmm. maybe we should plan a ham radio retreat at the Wester B or the Wester Billy Ranch where there's no noise. Oh, it's so, just, no noise. just for people to have the life-changing experience. Oh, just like rent the whole thing out and rent, just have people come? Rent the whole thing. And people can bring their trailers, their tents. I and, think it might count as a poda. I may have to look. How I can it, it be a poda? Because oh. it's right by it's right by that national park. Oh yeah, it butts right up to it. Yeah, and then you know, in between contacts, you can go pet Mister Pigglesworth. You can hang out with the peacocks. That's the best part of the, the whole thing. The peacocks, they were <laughs> the loudest bird that has ever existed. You can you can help them feed their horses and their goats, and then you can go looking for quartz. That's exactly yeah. what a bunch of ham radio operators are yeah. going to do. I mean, I, you nailed I'll, it. I'll feed you too. How about that? Oh my gosh! Now and then you're everybody in brings a bunch of micro brews from wherever they're at. You're you're signing us up for a lot right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've cooked for sixteen people before. There's a full blown kitchen. Oh, that's true. There is actually a kitchen. Yeah, a decent. Well, that stove was left something to be desired well we'll we'll need to bring our own propane i think that was the problem that they ran out of propane i mean we've got we've got better burner situations than them too i mean we can bring sure the second stove sure but i've easily done a 16 oh we're already talking logistics this may happen okay (laughs) well think about it and you know as a side note on the Discord, we created a HRCC podcast channel oh, for that's all true. Uh, for all of our wonderful ham radio friends who want to Listen be to the pod. off topic. <laughs> I literally put it in off topic <laughs> yes. because I assumed anything that people wanted to talk about the podcast but didn't want to talk about Would in the probably main be ham off topic. radio. <laughs> yeah. Probably. So if you no, haven't join joined yeah. the Discord, join the Discord. Link will be in the show notes. And if you're a part of the Discord, go to the podcast channel. 
The next email is titled Dare Part Two. This mm. is from Brantley. Brantley is in a little bit of a competition with Nathan okay. for last email. Mm. And then there's also a couple of other people, I think, that are <laughs> also wanting to be last. Okay. Uh, but for not, because we recorded on Tuesday. <laughs> well, we'll see how this week goes. Brantley would have beat Nathan, though. Okay. Because this is still on the on the day. Uh, so Brantley says, hey, Leia and Fang Daddy. That's... No drug inf- introduction information here. Part two is just an attempt to mess with Nate. <laughs> Hopefully oh last email gosh. read on the podcast. We can't do that. As promised, Nate. You, you have to. Okay. I don't mind people racing to be last. Like, that's okay. <laughs> but it can't just be like, just wanted to see if I could beat no. Nathan. Thanks <laughs> so much. Bye. No. <laughs> no drive-by emails. That's not... That and that's B Murphy K J M O E. I appreciate the passion. <laughs> yes. Appreciate the energy. Th- throw a question in there. Or have some content. Yeah. <laughs> Add to the pod. Thank, thanks anyway, Bradley. Thank <laughs> the next email is titled "How long has it been?" Okay. This is from Mason. Hey, Leia, and unappreciated custodian. Good. <laughs> you do take out the trash. I do. So thank you for that. I custode. Yes. <laughs> it has been a while since I wrote into the podcast. I caught up doing a bunch of things for the school musical Little Women. Hey, great musical. Is it the uh, Little Women with Zombies, though? Mm, no, I think you're thinking about Pride and Prejudice with Zombies. Okay, sure. It was such an amazing <laughs> production. Right. <laughs> It even included a kite that flew above the audience. We would use a giant fan, but apparently it would create too much RF that the FCC would come after me. So we used a drone. We flew it right over everybody's head. Or just make my job as front of house mixer and live stream producer hard. Probably the second one. Anyways, I recently hopped onto the podcast section of the Spotify app and realized a grave tragedy had occurred. I had missed at least two and a half months worth of Leia's Ham Radio Crash Course, the podcast. <laughs> so here's here's my question. <laughs> if you're doing, if you're like key grip on a play or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Best boy, if you will. Can't you just listen to the podcast while working the show? Come on. I don't, Come on. Where's the, where's the okay. commitment? Well, I'm, kid- I'm maybe, kidding, of course. Maybe Mason is too busy looking at the little women. Oh. You know, and listening to the little women. Okay. It's a musical. So you do need to take some cues from the audio that is happening. Okay. All right. Wait, is Little Women a musical? It's not originally, no. I was going to say, that's But crazy. I bet it's delightful as a musical. Little Women is such a fantastic story. I'll Mace- take your word for it. Mason continues, so as a normal person does, I started listening to the missed episodes in chronological order, then changed the playback speed to two times normal <laughs> playback, <laughs> which surprisingly wasn't hard to listen to because not only are these podcasts very long, the host can speak at a very monotonous tone that causes her to talk slower. <laughs> is that true? I speak at a very monotonous tone? I don't know. Monotonous sounds a little, little salty. 
<laughs> this is Man. not me complaining. Okay, okay. In fact, one of the actors said that I should read audiobooks for a living after hearing me use the ever so powerful God mic, which is basically an yes. extra microphone input just for me that I can use to yell at the actors. Oh. But little oh, did they oh, know yeah, yeah, yeah. that okay. I will one day be the live sound mixer for Leia's HRCC, the podcast, or some sound engineer for some Broadway show. Uh, excuse me. HRCC, the musical. <laughs> Get to work. But I know where my priorities lie. Cough, cough. Leia's HRCC, the podcast. <laughs> they, that, thank you, Mason. Thank you. It has been a fun experience setting frequencies for our now, our four new microphones and receivers, side tangent warning, because we just lost four microphone microphone receivers because the FCC sold frequency space in which they operate. This is completely uncalled for, and I believe they shouldn't sell off frequencies, especially since hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of consumer investment into the purchase of these types of products. I was told that our old mic packs were worth $400 per pack, $450 per receiver, and $250 per microphone element. However, the microphone elements aren't that big of a deal since they can be used with the new packs yep. if new packs have the correct con- connector. End of side tangent. You were saying... Yeah, they so basically what happened is by selling off those frequencies, everybody that had a mic pack that was operating, and this is like pro audio space, everybody that had a mic pack was basically told, you need to stop using those mic packs immediately. You're violating FCC law by doing that. But they are the ones who made them break the law by selling the frequencies. Uh, they made a bunch of people criminal overnight. Yeah. Yeah, wow, no the joke. FCC are criminals. Yeah, well, that's you know, <laughs> it's a little overreach, right? Mason continues, anyways, I really enjoyed working with these brand new microphones and loved how I could program the receiver and then program the body pack over cool. infrared that's rather cool. than clicking the buttons multiple times for multiple mic packs. Oh, so we could hit them, you could line them all up and then just hit them all. Yeah. yeah. I also particularly loved how many antennas I was able to have in iShot at all times. If my memory served me right, I had nine receivers on my desk, each with A and B antenna, plus other four receivers that came in a traveling rack we borrowed from another school as we needed one more mic than we own. This is a very professional school. (laughs) Coming to a total of 26 antennas atop my desk. This is not including the eight receivers built into my rack that received their signal via some other antennas. I didn't care enough to look how they got their signal. It saddened me to learn that I was almost two months late to the party, only learning on May 13th that you got your license. I am so excited for you and hope you have enjoyed using your brand new call sign. I unfortunately have to wait a total of three weeks to go get my call sign. After looking into online VE testing, I found that the two cameras were a little too much work, mainly because I'm not sure what room I would use. So back in January, I took my test in person at the next available VE testing hosted by the local amateur radio club. Well, well, congratulations we, on taking your test. Congratulations on that. And we have to give a shout out to w8wot.us. Yes. Mm-hmm. You don't need two cameras. Not for them. 
but it is recommended that maybe you use your bathroom because the room is small. Right. And don't don't go to other VEs who are asking for two cameras and go around saying, oh, well, the GLARG or well, the HRCC. Well, wait, yeah. what is cool yeah. with one camera? Why are you not cool? Are you right. not cool? Just go to go to go test with that VE team. Sure. Or be okay with the two cameras of yeah. another VE team. But you can also go to WAWOT.US. Yes. <laughs> and get her done with one camera. Mason continues, while I'm not sure when I'm going to catch up on your podcast, I'm currently on the March 26th episode. Oh, boy. I do know that all these people complaining about the length should use the speed function on Spotify. I was able to knock out a four-hour episode in two hours. I don't think anyone's complaining that it's too short. (laughs) (laughs) No one has complained that it's not long enough. (laughs) Well, I think... Some people have jokingly complained that it's not long enough. I, yeah, but that's obviously a joke. Spotify even came out with the car thing. You should search it up. It's quite a concept. What will they think of next? Maybe a button that turns off the amateur radio bands as to not create RF interference with their car thing. Imagine the hams. Excuse me, sir. Your car thing is messing with my bow thing. Another outlandish idea for your amateur radio superhero story. I don't know what that is. Car thing. Okay. Thanks for all the content. Never stop. But maybe, just maybe, try not to drag an episode out to four hours again. Also, see attached images for my awards show poster shrine and antenna shrine. 99 from KF0DHT. Also, 99 has the unofficial meaning of get lost. <laughs> However, I suggest that it be changed to SSDGM. Yes, this is an acronym for something. The murderino in the room may have to explain. Yeah. Stay sexy and don't get murdered. (laughs) Uh, Dude, uh, big fan. Big fan of my favorite murder. I'm uh, I'm a big murderino. Okay, great. Between so I only listen to two true crime podcasts, and it is my favorite murder and last podca- podcast on the left. Excellent. Well, thank you, Mason, for your email and congratulations on a successful run and your awards. The next email is from Simon. This is, I believe, the same Simon from before, but for a new week. Mm-hmm. Growing Ham Radio, an idea. Mm. Hello, Leah. I was just listening to the current podcast about Growing Ham Radio and felt the need to email in, even though this will be the second one on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You got it, Simon. Yep. (laughs) I have uh, had a bit of personal success, if that's the right word, posting my Ham Radio adventures on Facebook and then having people wanting to talk to me at work about contacting the ISS and then getting themselves licensed and then passing on the manual and HD I had given them to other hams cur- ham curious friends. Mm-hmm. How about four times a year, lots of hams post their favorite ham radio personal successes on Facebook on the same day and be ready to follow up interest with info on free courses locally available. Mm -hmm. I like it. You could even link this up to a bigger picture with local clubs supporting this with training online and individual country organizations providing information on a national level. 
Also, go after 30 and 40-year-olds who are looking to do a hobby that can work around family life rather than the kids who have so many options. Just my thoughts, having only been licensed 11 months. Thanks in 73, Simon B, 2E0HFO. Okay, so last year I posted a video, Ham Radio Needs More Content Creators. And in that video, I said to do exactly what he did. Post on your personal social media. Yes. Not like go on a ham group and talk about ham radio. No. On your personal wall, your Instagram, your Facebook. Your TikToks, your Twitters. Your whatever the TikTok things that the kids are doing. Your Telegrams, your line apps, your your WhatsApp. And post your whatever it is you're doing with ham radio. It is going to look so foreign to some people that they will reach out and ask you, what are you doing? And they will feel comfortable in doing that because they're in your social media group. It becomes a safe place for them to ask, what even is all this? Right, right. And that allows you to become a true steward of the hobby and say, Hey, I'm playing ham radio. I'm having fun out here doing dot, 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 dot. And you will be surprised how that one-to-one connection will lead to a new ham. It is true. I made a note. I love his concept of like a quarterly thing we do it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to call it the call of the hams. (laughs) I've already got notes. I put it in quotes. It's the call of the hams to basically tell people, post your ham radio pictures on your Facebook page, on whatever social media you're active on, and get a conversation going with people. This is how you do it. This is how you normalize ham radio. It's Josh not me. Very, Josh is very excited. I'm very excited. because Thank it, you, it, Simon. The people that find me are already ham curious. Mm-hmm. The people that are posting on their Facebook page is like the boots on the ground of ham radio. Do mm-hmm. you want ham ignorant? I want ham ignorant. I want ham stupid. <laughs> I want you to find the hand stupid. Okay. I want you to That's find That's a terrible. I know. It's, I'm not it's, I'm kidding. I'm it's, kidding, of um, course. It's uncured hams. It's yes. <laughs> God, I'm writing that down. Find the uncured hams. Okay. It's the hams that just don't know their hams yet. <laughs> they don't know. It needs you to crack that delicious ham nut. To bring them into the hobby. Sure. You you smoke them. Yeah. And then. <laughs> I don't know where we're going. With this. Up, I don't know if we're going back to the shadow them. box honey, with the dare you, presentation. You honey bake them. We're not smoking the hams. <laughs> well, the first thing you do is you attend a dare discussion. <laughs> and when the police officer hands out the shadow box, you steal it. No, when the police officer brings out the shadow box, you slip a ham radio in there. <laughs> mm. Dare to keep kids off Baofangs? Is that what we're yeah. saying? And then kids will be like, what? That's contraband? I want to know more about it. Which is what? It's illegal? The- and you're like, in the eyes of the FCC it is. <laughs> and then kids are like, yes. That's uh, Because that is what the what Dare that, campaign did. What was that stupid? It was CSI Miami uh-huh. where he would, Horatio would always have some stupid comment and then he'd like put the glasses on. Yes, Horatio. And some kids like, so going back to your story, yeah. it's like, I didn't know these were legal. And then Horatio goes, to the FCC it is. And it's like, yeah! And he puts his glasses on. 
That's right there. Was his name Horatio? Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, the next email is titled HRCC I mean, Podcast. I think so. <laughs> email correspondence. Yeah. The Daisy Chain to Nowhere. <laughs> this or is from Fire Craig. Town. <laughs> Hi, Josh and Leia. I listen to the podcast every day during my commute to and from work. Thank you for the laughs and the occasional ham knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> you and the HRCC community have taken me down roads to hoe that I never right. thought I'd travel. That's right. Vegemite versus Marmite, Skyline Chili, and the list goes on. To the point, last week, Leia was telling a story about a time she was in college. Uh, <laughs> My yeah. attention immediately captured with the words, in college, I turned up the volume. Leia, your story read like a good suspense novel, great detail to set the plot, an introduction to the protagonist, Raj, the, and the IT hero and his daisy chain of power bars. You continued with a, fi- a fantastic you rising of action to what listeners believe to be the climax of the story, and then nothing. Literally No devastation nothing. story. I, with you, Josh... I was looking forward to the story ending with a room laid to waste. P.S. Raj, if you happen to be listening, you were totally in the friend zone. <laughs> okay, I apologize for that being anticlimactic. Lam, I I understand. You that- you do have a tendency to like give you when you paint a picture in words, it's yes. almost like Bill Shatner chewing on a set. <laughs> like you really paint the walls with, with the story you're telling. To the point that you will rehash common knowledge that almost everyone knows as you're telling this story. And I'm like, I, I Did get it. Did you know that the mattress it. was going to end up on another floor, though? I, I get it. I know what a mattress is. You didn't have to explain people sleep on this thing. <laughs> Go ahead. Get, keep it going. Keep it going. I just never want to assume. I, I get that. I get it. Yeah. I get it. But you, you built up this tension and then just like, and then we all graduated and I never saw him again. <laughs> There's no like montage at the end with the black screen where they show the pictures. Andy burned his flat down one day from Daisy Channing. You know, like, oh, you know what? There is an ending to that story. One day he was no longer in the room before the end of the school year. It wasn't even the end of the school year. Okay. I don't know what happened to him. That's that's worse <laughs> than the. That's the ending. I don't know. This we don't need Leia's Snyder cut of the the, the story that you just gave. I mean, I don't now. know that why he was no anything. longer in the room. I don't know if he was booted for daisy chaining a bunch of <laughs> power bars together. I don't know. Okay, seems weird to move out when because the IT guys get you know uh like free housing so why did he move out maybe he was afraid that his mattress would also end up on the second floor okay yeah all right who knows what a what a great story that's a th- real throwback to last week what a, <laughs> okay. what a great story craig continues i continue because nobody wants a short podcast i support thanks the t- <laughs> Support for t-shirt idea. A few weeks ago, a fellow Canadian suggested a merch idea that included a beaver. Josh said he didn't know Canadians had such an affinity oh, for beaver. my God. Keep going. Keep going. Well, in fact, it is the national animal of Canada. 
Yes. I would totally buy Canadian-themed HRCC merch. Keep up the great work. Not even trying to be the last email. 73 Craig, V-A-3-A-O-U. So after the podcast, someone Instagrammed me a, a message. And on that message was a video of what was obviously like a Home Depot and home improvement store. And it said, ushering our honored guest out of the establishment. And it was two of the employees literally walking a beaver out of the home improvement store. I laughed so hard. I reposted the story. It was so funny <laughs> to just, uh, and I, okay, I get it. I get it. I, I did not know that actually about Canada. I do know a decent about a can about Canada. I did not know that your national animal was the beaver, which you know, respectful. It's a very industrious animal. So, all right. I thought it was going to be like the Swayze train or something. <laughs> Keep up the great work. Not even trying to be the last email. Seventy three. Not Craig, even trying. B A three A O U. Thank you, Craig, for your email. The next email is titled Young Hams. This is from Greg. In previous emails, I'd let you know that I've become a VA, a VE for my local organization. This weekend, we had an eight-year-old get his technician license. Whoa. Prior to this young man, the youngest person I've seen test was a young lady that was 10 years old. Time to get Ben studying. If only- I think Neil has the record still at five. Five? Yeah. Ham Talk Live's host is another podcast. Good podcast. Uh, he's five when he got his, I think. No. Straight up. I think he has the world record. So he, he, he might have been he beat, is, actually, He is a genius. He's a smart dude. Yeah. No, I mean, he is a genius. Because well, a, a five-year-old, sure. We have a five-year-old. Well, he was a genius at five, but then he grew up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, of course, Neil. Neil knows I'm kidding. Greg continues, only if Ben actually wants to get licensed. Ben does. He wants to get licensed. His his reading has improved significantly. I think he can probably sit down if, if I sit down with him and walk through it. Well, he, he just had a, we could a probably, test. We should probably do the ham study stuff, I think. Started with that and see how. I don't know. It seems... He okay, so he just recently had a standardized test. He has major test anxiety. There's no way he's going to be able to do a ham test without freaking out. He's, I mean, this kid is bawling. Okay, he was crying and he said he was going to vomit during his standardized test. Was on this Monday. the same kid that said he couldn't breathe at my amazing yeah. singing? <laughs> the same child. I thought for sure he would do so terribly on his standardized mm -hmm, test. Mm -hmm. And I was I, I was just so From his reaction. You're like, oh he he's... He could not have been reading because he was bawling so hard. Tears down his face had mm -hmm. to bring him Kleenex. Yeah. The test results come out. He's like 90th percentile <laughs> reading at a third grade reading level in it's, first grade. It's, it's all in his head. He's too serious about everything. It's like, you just got to relax. I'm kid. just not going to give the kid any more testing anxiety. Ben, when the shadow box comes around for the dare. Okay, <laughs> I don't think they do that anymore. I want you to pick yourself up something. What? Calm the hell down. I'm what? kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. 
That is terrible. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm joking. Greg finishes out. Keep inspiring New Ham 73, Greg, and 3, GDS. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, and Greg. a fantastic an eight-year-old. That's oh, yeah. an inspiring story. All right. The next email is from Grayson. It's titled, Response to Last HRCC Episode. Hey, guys, I enjoyed your last episode and had some thoughts. I disagree with the idea that ham radio can and should mainly be a communications platform. You mentioned that it's easier, but not as sustainable to communicate using a cell phone. But I think you're strongly conflating the ideas of the internet and big social platforms. So Grayson is referencing our topic about rebranding ham radio from last week. And I said Mm -hmm. that it should be understood at its base Mm -hmm. as a communications platform that is not not sustainable. I'm it was self-reliant. Well, the word you used is decentralized. Yes. Which I I think regardless of how you approach ham radio, if you and if he's approaching it from like a kit building or a knowledge of of radio and and extending that knowledge, great. There's there's you don't need to separate the two. They don't need to be separated. But if I'm pulling any person off of the street, Right. Yeah. If I was just going up to a random person and said, hey, come with me. We're going to take a TV apart and build a radio <laughs> versus, hey, you're on your phone right now. Did you hear what happened in Texas when they lost comms and they couldn't use their cell phones? Right. Would you be interested in another mode of communication that allowed them to be able to communicate their in their loved ones yeah. during an emergency? Do you know how many more people I would get with the latter than the former? Sure. It's like, think of it as a marketing. Okay. I approach many things as like, it's kind of marketing in its own little way. Whatever you're doing, if you want people to kind of like come to your side on something, you gotta, you gotta put a little zhuzh on it, right? Mm -hmm. You gotta make it something that they can look at as a rational thing that could be important or affect them. So here's the thing. Okay. I know we didn't even get the, to the rest of Grace's the, point, but the yes. advent yes. of cell phones mm-hmm. caused the vast majority of people to get rid of their landlines. Ah, beautiful point. Yes. Okay. And when you call 911, where does your phone call go? Do you know? No. The highway patrol. I didn't know that. So then when you get picked up on 911 on your on your cell phone, and this isn't for everybody, but most people are still in this in this way. You have to tell them to patch you in to the nine one one operator I didn't for know your that. city. Yeah. So, given that we become more and more reliant on these cell phones, mm-hmm. we should be equally concerned about what happens when those things are no longer available to us. Yeah, and I, I want to be really clear. I'm not saying the internet in enti- in its entirety will go down. Right. No one is saying that. But there are definitely outages that occur to mm-hmm. the, to some cases at like a state level. Texas is a big state. And to have spotty communication throughout doesn't seem like a fun situation at all. I just watched that movie Greenland 
Okay. Mm-hmm. The one that we mentioned on a couple of podcasts oh, ago man, to comment you on. you loved that so much. I thought it was like everything they didn't do right in Deep Impact, they got so much better on Greenland. And every step of the way, I was thinking to myself, these people are no more than two miles away from each other as all this whole thing is like, as some of the major plot points are happening. Mm-hmm. They could have had a simple GMRS radio, mm-hmm. and they would have been in constant communication the whole time. Right. There would have been no ambiguity. The craziness that happened would not the have The whole happened. movie would have been avoided. No. It, it just would have <laughs> happened much differently. There would, probably would have been some other plot points that happened. But the, like... The tension of the phone being this thing that they depended mm-hmm. on to communicate and no longer could communicate would have evaporated. Mm-hmm. And and actually, I mean, Hollywood hit me up. I mean, we can talk about <laughs> reliable comms. We can introduce people to a fun pastime. You know, we, we could come up with new tension, new tension, like people listening on your frequency and direction finding you. Who's listening? Right. Who's coming for you right now? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like there's so many in a world where I'm just kidding. But... <laughs> oh, well, back to Grayson. Yeah, go back to Grayson. <laughs> Thank you, Grayson, for emailing. Uh, I think you're strongly conflating the ideas of internet and big social platforms. Just because you're communicating on the internet does not mean you're relying on a company. A common idea seems to be that Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, all the other ones are the internet. When they really aren't, decentralized internet communications is a thing. On the other hand, ham radio isn't really great for communication. Coverage is bad, propagation is unreliable, gear is expensive, and knowledge is hard to come by. Imagine just to communicate with your friend a state away, you have to pace, uh, pass two exams, learn HF, buy a ton of gear, and then you're just hoping you've got a good spot to transmit from and propagation is good enough. That's silly. We already have the internet and it works fine. Okay, so I'm going to pause right here. I'm, I'm so confused because how are you getting to the internet without a service provider? Like, I can't, like, I don't, I don't understand what he's saying right now. I don't, I don't get what he's advocating. You, you can't, so yes, it's, it's not a question about Facebook or Google. It's a question of who is providing that link to the internet. Right. It's a service provider. Right. So you have to pay that company. And if the internet in your local area is affected, you won't be able to connect. Right. Straight up. Or even literally to lose internet access the traditional way, all you need is to lose both cell phone coverage and electricity. And you're done. Right. So, I mean, again, let's be really clear what we're talking about here. Uh, Frontier provides our, our Fios connection. Mm-hmm. If I have power in my home, but Frontier is somehow impacted by power, I won't get internet. Well, you'll have it on your, uh, you'll have it through your cell phone provider. Okay. But let's assume that also power mm-hmm. outage is a locally affected thing. I don't have connection to the internet. Right. No internet. Mm-hmm. None. It does. I'm not even, I'm not even talking about social media. I didn't, re- well, I might have mentioned it, but that was not the crux of my argument or mm-hmm. your argument, I believe. 
I guess I'm missing where he's going with this, but you must pay, again, you're paying someone with the privilege to access the internet superhighway of communication. With ham ham radios, decentralized. It could be the crappiest connection, but I own it. Yes. You can't take it away from me. Right. If if my connection is bad, liberté, liberté, that is one hundred percent based off of my station. That's that is based off of what antenna I could put up, how much power I could put behind it, mm-hmm. and it's not taken away by the fact that there was a power outage that day. Right. I mean, again, I've got an Arden node that's pointed forty kilometers to a to a repeater site. That repeater site is running redundant power backup. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens when the internet's down? Okay, that's an option I have, among many other options. Right. But keep going. Okay. Grayson continues, Ham Radio for me, personally, is awesome for its experimentation, fun, and community. But I can't see it as a big communications method. I also wouldn't want it to be. Once people use it as communication, companies will get more and more into that, finding ways to monetize and take the fun nature out of it, um, the nature of it away. Now, you can't monetize Ham Radio. Yeah, it's it's purely not... Well... Could could some company lobby the FCC to chisel out more frequencies from ham radio? Sure. But can this company say, well, Sony would like a little bit of the action to hang out with the ham, the, the ham cool kids? You know, like, probably not. Like, that's, I, I don't even know what the logistics are on that. It wouldn't be ham radio anymore. Right. If it was owned by an entity. And, and let me be really clear. Grayson, I'm not taking away from everything you said. I agree. It's a beautiful community. It's so much fun. And I love kit building. I love all of that aspect of it. But that's not how you bring people in. Yeah, not everybody people, is going to want to kit build. Maybe some people are the double E's at, at, you know, going back to that Dilbert comment or the comic, he's got the knack, right? He's, he's, he's an engineer at seven years old. I was a bit like that. I was taking my, my father's tools apart, fixing them, rebuilding them, broken tools. He was like, this tool's broken. I'm going to throw it out. I'm like, okay, can I take it apart? Took it apart, put it back together. It works, right? That kind of mm-hmm. thing. Those people exist, but that's not what we were talking about in the podcast. Mm-hmm. We were talking about a marketing aspect, an angle, if you will, to bring more people into the hobby. That was the point. Right. But but also that it has to be okay that people want... I, I, in the name of preparedness, people get lots of certifications. You you get a first aid certification. You CPR, get a cert certification. Blood you stopper, do all. You you get all kinds cribbing, of certifications. You get deeper down cert. We get down to cribbing and all that fun stuff. And that's not even that's just cert. You know, there's tons of different yeah. groups that all have their own certification. So a ham radio license is just another certification that somebody who truly wants well, to be prepared. It's a license, Leia. Okay. okay. Respect it. Oh, Respect all right. it. I'm just going to get get back to okay, this. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Grayson says, not that there's anything wrong with companies. It's just that I don't want to have them in my hobbies. I don't think that's a threat. I don't think we have a threat of that. Right. Straight up. Sorry about the long email. Thanks for no, the awesome podcast. And don't shorten it. Ha ha. 73 KO 4 MNS. 
Thank you for the email, Grayson. Well, you definitely contributed to a longer podcast because your, your <laughs> comments were your comments good. I'm not taking anything away from your view of ham radio. I think your view is a good view. I think it's great. I think it does bring people into the hobby. But that topic of the podcast was how do we get more people into the hobby? Right. And we got to be honest. I'm not dragging people down to the whatever your electronic store is to buy discrete components. And mm-hmm. then come home and let's solder it all up and see what happens. I, it has I know. to be accessible to them mentally first. Right. If you make it this insurmountable monstrosity. Well, you're telling people, go back to college so you understand how electronics work. Right. Come back and then take a test to become a ham. Right. 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 I, I'm not saying that people shouldn't learn electronics. I love when I get to sit down in front of a breadboard and prototype something. It's been a while, but I love that. I, I, I don't want to, I'm not discouraging that. I just think there's a better way to encourage people to become hams. Right. Yeah. Okay, the next email is titled, A Phonetic Alphabet and Ham Radio. <laughs> and this is from Ron. All right, Ron. Hi, Josh and Leia. Having watched many Sugar. of Josh's Sugar. videos and your podcast, I clearly see a strong case for your advocation of using the NATO phonetic alphabet when identifying. I also recognize that while it's not regulatorily mandated, right. FCC Part 97 does recommend the use of phonetics with call signs. Mm-hmm. I do not feel this is quite as rigid as you and some of the other YouTubers advocate. Please consider one, I highly recognize and oh, I recognize and highly recommend that hams use NATO phonetics when working DX or participating in formal communications, uh, i.e. emergency, emergency, etc. Two, in the past and sometimes in current communications, hams have used other than the prescribed NATO phonetic alphabet to personalize their call signs, especially when communicating with long-standing amateur radio buddies. Yeah. Three, this personalization provides a memory key to help others remember their call. For example, do you think you could easily remember my W4ORH as W4 Oscar Romeo Hotel or WU4 Old Retired Ham? (laughs) Doesn't that second version create an image in your mind that you will remember? As you can imagine, I do not have a preference for the second. (laughs) Four, and by the way, what about all of those folks recently using the insert prefix here, last man standing call signs? Shouldn't they have all been saying Lima Mike Sierra? You're so right. (laughs) I'm going to hunt them down. So as my late father would paraphrase, this is W9 George Uncle Henry call me anything but don't call me late to the net not criticizing or lecturing just expanding our thinking love the videos and podcast keep up the good work see you in Huntsville that's hotel uniform November <laughs> oh, no. Tango Sierra Victor India Lima Lima Echo <laughs> 73 W4 O-R-H, Ron. W-4, Old Red Harley. I I don't disagree (laughs) with him at all. I I don't. His point is totally valid. And believe it or not, there are many instances where 
um, you're trying to get your call sign picked up by somebody, like some kind of DX contact or whatever, and you're using NATO phonetics, and you switch it to some like crazy phonetics, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, no, I got it. That happens. I, I, I agree 100% that you can use whatever phonetics you want, and, and I... I guess I qualify as the YouTube one of the YouTubers that's like hardlined about it. I'm not. I, I don't really care that much. You're just so upset when I used Walmart for W. Well, that's a little <laughs> ridiculous. I, I would prefer as a starting point people use NATO phonetics, right? But to his to his latter uh, comment of what was it old. Oh, you know, I don't think I don't think that you are the one that's hardest up. No, I'm not. I think that Eric over at um, HR Single C, Eric Ham Radio Concepts. Oh, okay, (laughs) Eric Single C. Yes, okay. I think he did a video where his son is currently studying the NATO phonetics. Okay, to get his ham radio license. So, what was the acronym he was using? Old Ham something. What was his? Old Red Harley. Okay, Old Red Harley. That's <laughs> not phonetics. That is a mnemonic device. Okay. That is a That's method semantics. to remember. No, it's 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 Thmos, it's Thmos three, right? <laughs> Thmos three. <laughs> okay. You don't know what that's from. No. Anybody who knows what that's from. Thmos so, three. Thmos three. Moss three or Thmos. Thmos three. Th- <laughs> It's a pneumatic. It's a pneumatic device. Anybody who knows, I, I will be surprised if anybody can email in next week and knows what that I'm, what I'm referencing. <laughs> that is a reference to a pop culture. I'll, I'll tell you, it's a TV show that it came from. Anyway, it's a joke. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Ron, for your email. The next email is titled "Came for a Study Group, Stayed for the Hacky Sack: A Cautionary Movie Metaphor Montage." This is actually a follow-up. Don has emailed us before. Mm-hmm. He says it's not worth reading online, but I love celebrating when people pass their tech and general. Don says. My sincere thanks to both of you for all that you do. I don't know that I could have found my way through this without you. Oh, he thank just you. passed technician in general. Oh, that's awesome. That's the HRCC way. Yes. You did it. <laughs> and that's from Don, call sign TBD. Congratulations, Don. His call sign is TBD? No, it's he hasn't gotten it yet. Oh, okay. to be tr- oh, t- Oh my God! You're bad at acronyms. That's this your guy, issue. This That's guy issue. is pirating. He's a bootlegger. <laughs> Get him out of here. I'm kidding. Thank you very much. That's awesome. Thank you for the kind words. The next email is titled "Your Shiny Face, Shining Faces." Leah this is a and podcast. Josh, <laughs> thank you for mentioning at the end of your last podcast that we are staring at the screen while listening to you both. <laughs> Yes. Josh, we get to see your shining face regularly on your HRCC weekly live stream. How about inviting Leia to live stream with you so that we can see her as well and attach a face to her voice? Um, She's already on a video. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually on multiple videos on the channel. You've, I think you've got to go back a couple years, though. Um The issue is that we have children. We have young children who, if we are both we don't have handlers. Shack. If we were Leia both in the, the hand handler. shack, they will come. They will, they come. will come and they will scream. 
and then and then Edison will yell at me to give him headphones yes. so that he'd hear the people. Yes. And then he wants to talk. And then Ben's like, where's the camera? And he's like posing. It's a whole live stream derailed. It's a whole vibe. <laughs> We're not trying to turn the live stream into a family live vlog. Yes, exactly. Michael continues, or since your feeling was that this coming week would be a big podcast and one of you suggested breaking it into two segments, could you make one of the segments to include video as well as being a podcast? 73 Michael KK4RRT. There's no way that this could be a video. No. I. <laughs> Straight up, no. <laughs> no offense, Michael. Great idea. We we thought about doing like a live thing where we live the podcast. Oh, you're you're future. thinking about the work that goes behind turning a podcast into video, and then also live stream it. Like it's I am literally so thinking much. of the fact that we're sitting at the kitchen table and it's so hot. I had to take off my sweater because it was so hot. This is not appropriate pod like video podcast gear. Okay. <laughs> I'm enjoying it, but okay. (laughs) Yes, I I need to be free to do uh, what I need to do. (laughs) I believe what you wanted to say is, I've got to (laughs) abree. Thank you, Michael. But yes, um, you you can see my shining face in in many places. (laughs) Oh. It's it's like on Ham Tactical. no, there's there literally, was, you there's did a, a live stream of, with me. Yeah. Taking a technician test. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you for your email. The, and we're going to, we're not doing this in two segments. We're going to jam it all in together and no. suffer the consequences. <laughs> Leia's realizing how many emails there are at this moment. The next email is titled... Just a meme for your co-host, because why not? And it's a picture of an aspara goose. It's a goose without a head, and in the place of the head, it is an asparagus. <laughs> it's an asparagus. That is the most here. offensive animal. You have to... <laughs> oh, jeez. You're so disturbed. That's, a, that's an amazing mock-up, though. Thank you so much, I, I've side never, boom. I've never been in a situation where, like, there's a bird who's, like, harassing my children... And then there, there's always a video where everybody's just running from geese. Uh-huh. Kick them. Just kick them hard. I literally have a YouTube video of myself running I from ha- geese. I took it. Remember? <laughs> yes. And it's They're like... They're scary. Kick them. <laughs> Did you see the one? It's one of my favorite videos where, like, somebody's kid is getting harassed by an angry swan. It's a swan. Which, by the way, the swan is, like, one of the biggest water fowls on the planet mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he two-arm grips the neck of it <laughs> swigs it around his head and throws it into a lake it is the funniest thing it's just people don't want to get canceled for kicking animals I, if they're attacking <laughs> my child it they don't have teeth i, I get they snap i get it hurts uh-huh, it may uh-huh. even break skin i'm not gonna run from a goose Fair enough. I, it's not going to hurt my children. It's For not going to sure. hurt you. Yeah. I, I'll kick it. <laughs> I will two-arm grab it. In the case and- where the geese came after me, you kicked nothing and recorded it instead. 
So I don't no, know. No, it I was it, they were flying overhead, I, I believe, or they or someone no, scared them. It was like, yeah, they, they were scared them, and then they flew me. at us. No, they flew at us. They were well. they were did they didn't want to be a part of our what we were doing. <laughs> they were getting out. No, that goose was chasing me. I don't know what you're talking Airily? about. Airily? Like he was coming yeah, at no. you from the air? He was he was walking, not flying. You don't remember because it wasn't your traumatic experience. <laughs> Speak truth to power, Leah, about about the geese. Yes. Thank you, Sideboom, for the most delightful animal I've seen yet. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the asparagus. The next email is titled Rebranding. Hi, Leah and Josh. I have to say that your last episode really spoke to me probably more than any episode you have done thus far. That's awesome. I can't speak for anybody else, so I want to outline my experiences so far in ham radio to try and get more people involved. Personally, I am an extreme introvert. I am very happy sitting by myself and not talking to anyone. It doesn't mean that I am afraid to talk to people, just that talking just for talking's sake is not something I really do. When I do talk, I like to know beforehand what I'm going to say and have a thought over it in my head three or four times before the words even leave my mouth. Just to give a real example, it has taken me over two hours just to compose this email. Wow. Well, I think I think well, thanks you for taking for, the time yeah. and, and considering us. That's awesome. Thank you. I am sure that there are a lot of listeners out there and maybe even yourselves thinking, well, maybe ham radio isn't really for you then. I believe there's a stigma or stereotype from the outside looking in that all ham radio is rag chewing. The point it's definitely not made yeah. many times is I can talk with someone with a landline or cell phone. I don't need an expensive gadget and a lot of work to accomplish the same thing. Mm-hmm. Truth be told, if that's all ham radio was, I would not have started down the path. But the truth is, ham radio is so much more than that, and rag chewing is just an extra small piece of the ham pie. You the always ham pie. Yes. That's what we need to make. We need to make a recipe for ham pie. <laughs> you always hear stories of people in places that have been devastated by natural disaster, finding an old ham radio and someone in the community who knows how to operate it and is able to relay information to family members and officials to help those around him. I wanted to be that guy. I also love to tinker. I am the type of person that if a vacuum breaks, I don't call anyone. I take it out to my shop and take it apart and try to figure out why it isn't working and the best way to fix it. These are the reasons I started down the ham radio path. My path started the same as most people do nowadays with a Google search. This is where I believe the first challenge in getting more people into ham radio, which Leia, you touch on in the last episode, the initial overload of information. Yes. So true. Eventually, I found out that the licensing and testing required and studying by getting a couple of books and watching YouTube videos of hams discussing the test questions. Honestly, this was torturous. I learned by seeing and doing, and this whole thing felt like cramming for a final. More than anything, I wanted to attend a class, to have someone actually be there so that if I had questions, they could answer or elaborate on concepts. I constantly looked on the ARRP website for classes close to me, but the availability, whether it be location or time, was never there. 
This, more than anything, is why it took me more than four years to get where I was comfortable to take the test. I would start to read or listen to a book on tape and get frustrated because I didn't understand the question and didn't want to just memorize it and give up. Time would pass and I would try and start studying again. It wasn't until I found the Hand Study app a couple of years ago that I finally got to a place where I could take the test. Good for you. But even then, I had just resigned myself that I was going to have to cram for the test in order to pass it and move forward. Even now, Leah, when you do your general practice questions, I get frustrated because I have my general license, but I cannot answer a lot of the questions with you. And even now, I feel myself being... Sometimes Josh can't either. (laughs) No, but that's okay. I I think that's okay. Keep going. Sorry. And even now, I feel myself becoming frustrated and losing interest in the hobby because quite frankly, I'm lost and I don't know which way to move. And I question, is the end result really worth all of this frustration just to get into the hobby? Josh, on the podcast, you made the point that you have a lot of videos on YouTube, as well as a lot of other great hams that are very knowledgeable on the subject. I love your videos. But for me, the problem is actually applying the knowledge on my end. This is dead on. I I totally agree with this. Mm -hmm. Because you can, it's so frustrating that you can take a test, Mm -hmm. but it actually not at all indicate how to operate the radio, right? Um. This, uh, Adam continues. Uh, let me see. Adam I don't know how to do that. Here, I believe is the problem with bringing more people into the hobby. Josh, you have said this many times that the hobby is all about experimenting and trying something. Mm-hmm. The issue that isn't really talked about there has to be a certain level of knowledge and understanding just to be able to experiment. Mm. See, here, here's where I start. So far, I, I love this email. This email is fantastic. I appreciate the work you put into this email. Um, I believe that I have said either on this podcast or definitely on my live streams, I at some point lost my ability to feel bad about failing. What? experimentation means you must expect to fail. So what he's talking about is perfect failure, where you fail and nothing bad happens, and you learn something and everybody's happy and we all move on. Mm -hmm. And actually, I think hams do a disservice in this space. I think people get the opinion that, no one should ever let the smoke out of something. They, they they plug something in and it always works. And it's always good time, ham radio, no question. No, not at all. For me, when I say experimentation, I mean you're going to fail. You're going to do something and it's not going to produce the results you want. It's not going to yield the product that you wanted. A lot of my videos start out with me failing completely in getting to the point where I could bring something to YouTube. But the point, and, and, and really, <laughs> I think the, one of the important points is, if you're talking about like commercial ham radios, you got to be pretty egregious in the abuse of them to make them fail to the point that they no longer work. 
So if you're out there building an antenna or whatever, and it just has bad SWR, you're not necessarily going to kill your radio. The radio is going to protect from that, right? So there, there's all these aspects of it where it's like, no, you're supposed to experiment, but the experimentation comes in failing. You learn a lot from failing. Actually, being comfortable with failing is a, a big component of becoming successful at anything. I, all I know is something happened when I became a homeowner. I think it was literally tied to me buying a house that I realized. And doing DIY projects. And doing DIY projects where I was like, I am going to fail many, many times. You did not tell me that. But. When you were doing the work. That's right. Because I'm, I'm, but but also I'm stupid (laughs) confident. I'm too confident in a lot of cases. But the difference is, is that I always put the dollar behind it of if I hired a professional to do it, it would be four to five times more expensive if I bought the material and I did it myself, even buying the tools. So I failed twice. That's still 50% cheaper than hiring a professional. What a perspective. Literally. Fail. (laughs) Fail. You're not going to learn. And a house is much bigger than a radio. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Seriously, fail. Okay, here's my, here's everybody listening. Here, I'm giving you carte blanche to fail fail it's not necessarily going to be cheap but if you fix it yourself after you break it how much more skilled will you become fail it's true have fun break some stuff When when talking about Pinewood Derby, the both of you have mentioned Mark Rober. I'm a huge Mark Rober fan, and my kids love watching his engineering videos. The way he does his videos is he creates a story around a problem he is trying to solve, and then you're enjoying the story. He will slide in the actual science he is using, and he makes you feel like these are projects you can do on your own. I'm not here to promote promote mark rober hashtag not a sponsor but he created a creative engineering class on monthly in this class he actually walks you through his engineering method and what it takes to create his builds as a part of the class you're required to come up with your own problem and solve it in your own creative way he even walks you through the basics of using an arduino and a raspberry oh that's cool and how to incorporate those into a build we should we should make the kids watch. we should make the children (laughs) at the end of class you actually have three unique builds of your very own but more importantly background knowledge and the knowledge of how to apply it in real life. After listening to last week's podcast, I feel this is what ham radio needs to move the hobby forward. I don't disagree with him. I, I, I think he's I think he's he's right on. I would like to point out though, Mark Roper never sets out to make a video and gets it right right out of the shoot. He takes a month to make a video. He prototypes. He creates things that lead to dead ends. He's an engineer. We, we make things that do not yield any fruit. That is a failure. That is experimentation that leads nowhere. He is bringing you a curated experience. And I'm not taking away from that. You definitely learn from that. But you do not ta- attain true... Knowledge is the wrong word. Ma- mastery is even kind of too strong of a word. But confidence in what you're doing if you don't fail your way to the point in which you figure it out and now you know through trial and error that 
this is how you have attained the thing. Yeah, not everybody is good at learning just by um, watching, reading, or listening. Some people are learners that do. And if you're that type of person, especially, right, you have to be comfortable but, but, with getting it wrong. But but let's let's take what you just said to the to the next level. If you're following somebody's curated process to get to the end result, you're only going to learn the steps that you applied. If there's no off-roading and no failing that happens in that time, you're never really forced to figure out what failed, why it failed, and then how do you move forward from that failure. You're following a recipe. You're baking bread, Mm -hmm. right? Which is fine. I'm not taking away from that. But only in the times of where I was completely left alone with no solution or very little guidance did I attain true knowledge of something. Okay. So that's what I, 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 would, I, I would love to instill that in more people, the, the, the ability to fail. Uh, and when I say fail, I, I want to reiterate that I'm not saying blow up your radios. Right. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> and I don't think you will. If you're like building antennas is a perfect example. Every time your SWR is not in the appreciable range you want it to be, you failed, right? Mm-hmm. Right? So, you know, and, and... Every time you don't find that RFI in your house... You fail. But you're, you're getting closer <laughs> and you're learning a lot in the process. So I, I, I don't know. I, I don't disagree with what he's saying, but I feel like I we need to instill the concept of failure as a learning step. Okay. Right? Well, Adam continues, if I had to start all over or even just moving forward from now on, I would be more than willing to pay for a class that not only gave me knowledge, but how to apply my new knowledge of ham radios. Then once the building blocks are there and a basic understanding, that is when the fun to experiment and try to solve problems you encounter or complete tasks... The first class I would take, if it existed, is to build your own radio. Something like this would allow people who are interested to buy a kit and learn a hands-on way about electrical components and exactly what is going on when you push the PTT button Mm -hmm. or receive a signal, and at the end, you have a working radio. Yeah. There could be multiple classes to take, like Digital Modes, CW, Morse, um, Antoneus, and... antennas, I'm Mm -hmm. I'm guessing, and even training on emergency communications and groups like Aries or RACES. And I know that the information is out there on all of these topics. But I think the point to all of this is that there needs to be a clear and defined pathway to each aspect of the ham radio hobby, and a central place to get this information. This will give anyone, not just the hardcore fanatic or electrical nerd, the ability to walk before you can run. On a side note, if the ARRL really wants to gain membership and bring people into the hobby, it would make sense that they are the ones putting these classes together and partnering with a company like Monthly or some other online class platform to provide this information. You better believe that I would have an ARRL membership if I got a discount to classes such as (laughs) these or even just the ability to take the class. Yeah. Anyways, I apologize for the extremely long email, but your topic definitely 
definitely ignited a passionate response in me. Regard, best regards, Adam. Uh, Adam, I... K-I-5-L-I-A. I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. I think that we can definitely do something like that, make classes, all that stuff. And I think you're, you're, you're probably also right <clears throat> that the ARRL should spearhead a lot of this because it would be good for their membership. Yeah. No question. I, I will say, though, that I have had... Um, multiple live stream events that I put together where I wanted people to build a kit with me and I would work through the problems with them. And do you know how few people actually wanted to do that? How? Like that I can count on one hand right? huh. that, that actually wanted to go through the process with me. Um, now maybe that has to do with it was live and they would be on camera or whatever. Sure. Um, but I'm talking about like people could just do it in the chat and I would answer their questions in the chat. We had very few people that wanted to do that. <clears throat> I'm not saying Adam is wrong at all. And maybe if it was just a standalone video that they could replay. But mm-hmm. at the, also at the same time, the live streams become standalone videos that you can just replay sure. as I'm building it. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but we, we've tried that a couple of times. We've tried that with simple builds and more complex builds. And people sometimes... I, I don't know. The, it, it's maybe just not the biggest niche. I I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Sure. Well, thank you for the email, Adam. I, I You brought up some really great points. I think there's a way to package what he's saying. Uh, I agree with Adam completely, form. by the way. I, I'm, I'm yeah. sure. Um, I think there's a way to package what he's saying in videos, in something we do. That, that I think could be uh, beneficial at that level. Okay. So maybe I'll, I'll, I'll try working on something. Actually, there's something I'm already trying to work on that is kind of in that uh, vein. So. Okay. The next email is titled Thunder in the Valley, and this is from Jake. <laughs> okay. Hey there, Leia, and dot, 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 Josh. <laughs> Both my messages may end up getting oh, read this sh- week. But oh well. On the last episode, another Jake Ham wrote about providing radio communication for a 50K race in Catalina. I already planned on writing in this week, but with his message, I certainly felt like I needed to. Last Saturday, I was able to volunteer my station for the 2021 Thunder in the Valley Triathlon. The triathlon had both sprint and Olympic distances, 1,500 meter swim. Wow. 40k bike and a 10k run sprint was half of this distance this is the 36th year that the wabash valley amateur radio association has been able to assist with a triathlon with radio communication being fairly new to amateur radio i was a bit nervous to volunteer but i buried those feelings and did it anyway good for you it was a very successful event, and without our help, someone surely would have been hurt. You would be surprised with the amount of traffic that did not care an event was happening and had no regard for the participants. We even had a truck blow through an intersection that had participants moving through it. This, while this was my first year, it was a great success. Uh, on my end, from doing the proper research and making sure I had a capable setup. I've attached a picture of my simple setup that worked just fine. If there are other hams out there that are afraid to commit to something like this, remember that clubs are a great resource and they need us newbies, just like we need them. All in a day of fun. Back to you at Podcast Control, 73 Jake KD9QYL. This is the battle of the Jakes. I'm going to show you 
the Oh, he's setup. got a TYT 9800 with a little battery box and his little DC uh, power meter there. Very cool. And it's all set up on top of his trunk. And he's got that glow-in-the-dark signal stick. Very good. Glow-in-the-dark signal stick. Very That's cool. great. Thank you, Jake, for the email and for helping out with that triathlon. That's amazing. The next email is titled, Last One. <laughs> this is from Daniel. Sorry, Daniel. Sent at 5.40 on a Tuesday. So definitely going to be the last one, right? I am so sorry, Daniel. <laughs> I kid, I kid. Oh, okay. I, uh, We're into hi, this week now. I had a funny moment with my wife, non-ham, where the underwire came out of her brassiere on the washing machine. And, and all of a sudden, said, I had an epiphany. Covert antenna. dipole. Wheeled antenna. I even got all excited and started to explain the beginnings of it to my wife. Oh and my she God, said, I'm oh, so down. you'd have a dipole on your chest? That could be really no, useful for you will when... have a dipole on your <laughs> chest. <laughs> when the crap hits this fan, without me prompting her, we had laughed probably five minutes about the ridiculousness of this. This could be super useful for ham radio direction finding and covert operations, but not so much for, you know, safety. Ham radio does weird things to your thought processes. Also, regarding Josh's comment that no amount of grounding will protect your gear from a lightning strike is not altogether true. Repeater sites get hit all the time and keep on trucking. Maybe they're made by Timex? <laughs> Granted, their level of grounding is far more than the average ham can install. But well, that's true. Okay, I'm being pedantic. Keep up the I great think he work. Knows what I meant. And I, keep having fun. Yes. 73, 74, 75, 76, 77, 78, Daniel KJ7, and uh, 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 uh. <laughs> T-shirt and podcast idea is the next email. This is from Chris. How's it going, you two? I was listening to last week's show, and one of you mentioned doing two shows a week. My suggestion would be to do an Unleashed show like Steve Austin does. And anything goes show. Chris, I have no every, idea what that means. I every have to go. show is an anything goes show here. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I mean, I got lots of respect for Steve Austin. As for the t-shirt idea, Josh mentioned the MCU on the last podcast. How about something like an Iron Man shirt, but replace the arc reactor with the core of an Anun? I think that would be cool. Love the show. 73, Chris, W9TSB. Like it's just the, it's like Tony Stark's arc reactor. Right. Not Iron Man, but like just the arc reactor. And it's, it's a toroid with the wires. Yeah. Josh likes it. That's hey Chris. I think good. I think it's probably getting made. Josh That's is very good. excited. Josh has the bright look of approval on his. That face. is pretty good. Thanks, Chris. And if we make it, you're getting one. That would be because we could. All right. Okay. All okay. Right. Okay. The next email is titled Biosphere Road Trip. Okay, so last <laughs> week I mentioned I want to go to Biosphere yeah, you did. too. Yeah, you very did. excited about it. Uh, I. I don't know if it's actually going to happen in the summer, you know? Uh, this is from Scott. Hi, Leah and Josh. I live not far from you in Orange, California, and I have family oh, yeah. in Parker, Arizona on the river, about an hour north of Blythe. I'm writing this from a biosphere. No. <laughs> no point in stopping unless you want to turn 
the trip into a river trip. The only other spot off the 10 is Quartzsite, where a lot of hams like to camp. But you might just want to power through to Phoenix. So Scott is talking about what I theorized our road trip to the biosphere might look like. Well, now that I know the biosphere is adjacent to Quartzsite. It's not adjacent. It's... It's about my issue was if you take the 10, mm-hmm. there is virtually no stopping point after Joshua Tree until you get how many miles to that? Um, that leg of the trip. I want to say is a six hour. It's, how many, it's six I, hours I from here to I don't know. I'm in California. I only what does that mean? Judge you things by hours. I don't. I live here too. Okay. Well, I don't know what to tell you. Maybe you're not a native. <laughs> I feel like that every day. Uh, there's a, there is a one stop on what is there is kind a distance of a, we use. It's fairy feet prints, <laughs> and it is eighteen thousand to the hour. Okay, fairy feet prints. All right. Well, <laughs> I just want to know how many miles it is because I mean, I you know. have to fuel up the car, right? To to you get. would need to fuel up in Joshua Tree, and then that leg. There's one area you can stop, mm-hmm. but I think it might be a Native American reservation area I'm, I'm just or gas. something. I got a gas can. I got but you cross gas over cans. it, and then you get to Phoenix. Well, we got gas. We're good. It would be that section. I would say would be two to three hours if. Um, of driving (laughs) to arizona no from joshua tree to phoenix i don't know this seems okay well you can look at it yeah this doesn't seem right scott continues a local friend of mine has family in tucson and prefers taking the southern route along the eight instead of the 10 oh not the eight not the eight it's like right along the border you know that's i wanted the, the joke with the eight it's the Ocho? No, San Diego. Yes. Everything leads to the eight. San or the Diego lead. is like yes. crazy with the eight. Yeah. The, They'll be in a Target parking lot and they will be like the eights right there. Yes. <laughs> I've never taken that route, so I can't speak for it, but it might have more scenery or somewhere more exciting to stay for a night than the 10. Regarding the time of year to avoid the heat, I probably wouldn't go until mid-September or after. (laughs) I think that's good advice, Scott. Scott signs off. Thanks for the education and the entertainment. Scott, KN6IHC. No, Scott, thank you for the education. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Scott. We are probably not going to the biosphere this summer. Okay. I think it is. If we're going to Quartzsite, we're going to the biosphere. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, okay. I didn't realize it was a... It's a two for one or a nothing. <laughs> okay. The next email is titled Learned Helplessness, and this is from Tim. Leia and Josh... Just, oh, I love these. Yes. Just touching on why people may not be taking the initiative to learn ham radio from last week. Warning might be a little long. A few years ago, Veritasium made a video about learned helplessness, his story about trying to break into filmmaking by calling someone already high up in the business subconsciously hoping for help, made me think of someone looking to get into ham, but not knowing how. Without an OM, it could certainly appear to be a daunting task. 
Another example he gives is asking for help at work and receiving a suggestion that he already knew. He asked for help, but he already knew the answer. People may have the intellect, maybe just not the information to tackle ham radio, but not give themselves the credit. For example, my wife constantly reminds me that I am very inclined to doing work around the house, but when she compliments me, I tend to answer, eh, I'm not that great, to which she will remind me that some people wish they knew their way around a hammer or a screwdriver. Mm -hmm. The point is, I'll try something even if I'm not sure how it's done. This This partly comes from my work in low voltage and partly from my electronics engineer DIYer father. I wonder if people just don't know how to venture into the unknown to take on the steep learning curve that ham radio requires. Instead, they look around waiting for that OM to show them the way. Here's the link, and I'll drop the link in the show description. I so that is the that is the counter email to the previous one. To the one before earlier. Sure. 73, Tim, a.k.a. Pigeon Man, K2TJ. I knew I liked that guy. Thank you, Tim. I, by the way, I don't, I don't feel that any point is more valid than the other. They're just, it's a different, you know, mm-hmm. group of sure. people that you can, that you can contact. Or I, I would argue that Pigeon Man's group is um, subtly easier to kind of give them the nudge to get started right you know what i mean mm-hmm. but yeah what do you think about that i think that that is a personality and also a background mm-hmm. right because he he talks about how well i mean i didn't start out with a background in diy I failed my way through it, and then I was like, well, You literally it was still talked about a child, you were a child who would take things apart and put them back together. Oh, you got, you were paying attention in this, <laughs> in this recording of you and I in this podcast. You tell me that Damn. story all the time. I'm pretty sure you told it to me yesterday. All the time. You are Every such a liar. Every day you're talking about how you are at seven year old you were fixing you, electronics. You are Come such on. a liar. There's no way. I don't talk about that at all. The only one, the one who talks about it is my mom. <laughs> I don't talk about it. I don't bring that up. Fair enough. Because I just don't want people to know I'm that big of a nerd. <laughs> the next email is But titled, also, I was thinking of Edison where he was like, he's like, oh, I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of Edison. I mean, he was like, no, I did a great job. Thank you. <laughs> the next email is titled, It's Me, Tank Radio. Mm. My last email, not last email of the night, I was trying to be a little bit anonymous with the co-host recommendation. Right. But you got me. You, you figured out right the ruse. Now let's talk about smoking. <laughs> smoking meats. Okay, so smoking last, meats. <laughs> last week. That's what's his name from Facebook? Smoking meats? Smoking meats. I don't know what you're talking Who's about. Who's the CEO of Facebook? Uh Mark Zuckerberg? Zuckerberg, like he's got that video, his like it became a viral video of him, like just hanging out in the backyard with his buddies smoking meats. And I think they said smoking meats like 1500 times in the video. <laughs> and there was somebody who made a montage video of where they cut everything out, but him saying smoking meats. And it just went on for like five <laughs> minutes. It is hilarious. This is from the same guy who decided that he would not eat meat unless he hunted it himself unless he hunted or caught it himself 
Right. Because we he need... smokes in a big green egg. Big green egg. By of the course, way. that's he what does. he was. Of course, of course, he of does. course. Yes. So Tank says, "I have an offset wood smoker that has been in my family for decades. Oh, so most... well made. Yes, Good. I mostly smoke whole spatchcock." chicken and pork ribs i've done beef ribs in the past but i keep finding them too fatty my passion I'm not a big fan of beef is st louis spare ribs yep. with oh, just a dry see, rub see frank's frank's knows what's up <laughs> dude i i i don't like baby backs baby backs are fine but i i love the st louis cut i i will take a full slab of of short ribs and trim them down and mm-hmm. keep the meat because you you take the meat usually when i trim down yeah. a full cut of uh short ribs mm-hmm. Um, but so it's always cheaper if you just go with the full cut of short ribs. Short ribs. Yeah, pork short ribs. ribs. No, short, short ribs. ribs is a is a beef cut. Oh, I'm talking about spare ribs then. Am I? Have I split the terms? You're just talking about pork ribs, right? No, 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 no. Pork ribs. Pork ribs come in like two styles: baby back and short ribs. St. Okay. Louis cut is a is a cut on short ribs. It's they take the short rib and they and they plane them down. Oh, I have no idea. So when, when I hear short ribs, I think of beef short ribs. No, no, no. When you get when you get a a, a short rib uh, flat, it's got all the extra meat on it, including like a top flap that you have yes. to cut off with the silver skin. Mm-hmm. Remember that whole thing when I would take the thing and, and and have to like work on it to get it down to the point that you could put it on the smoker. Yeah. If you get St. Louis cut, it's it's literally wider baby backs. Mm, you know what i'm talking about but it's it's the same but it's the same rib as the short rib Mm -hmm. right it just has all that work done you pay for that work versus if you just bought the short rib the whole plank of it you could keep all that meat to do whatever you wanted with you know you know after the fact yeah Frank says, I make my own Texas-style dry rub, sweet and spicy. I'm not an elitist about my dry rubs. I do appreciate a wet rub, too. In the end, if you enjoy my ribs with just a little bit of rub or sauce, I am happy, and that's all that matters to me. On to grilling. Grilling and smoking are two separate things. Yes. Smoking is cooking with low heat over a period of time. Grilling, on the other hand, is a high heat. Usually cooking times are no longer than an hour or two. I have both a Weber kettle and a gas grill. You can't beat the convenience of a gas grill. Light it and you can have it ready in 10 minutes. When I have time, I use the kettle grill with coals and strips of wood from my offset smoker. This combination, you have to keep a close eye on the temperature of the grill. It can easily flame up with the wood and burn your food. You can tell the difference between just coal and coal plus wood in permeable meats, i.e. chicken and steak and not sausages. If you will allow a little self-promotion... Coming on the YouTubers Ham Fest of 2021, <laughs> tagline, let's for all forget about 2020 <laughs> together. For my part of it, it was requested, my arm was twisted, and I am happy to oblige. I will be smoking ribs live on stream. That's right, from prep to pull off, it will be, I will be doing four different segments. So tune in to see how it goes. I am KKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKKK
week. Memorial oh Day goodness. weekend. It's coming up real fast. It's already a Memorial Day weekend. I know. Yeah. That's oh, crazy. Mm. The next email is titled Arizona. Hi, Leah and Jeremiah. I finally drudged my Jeremiah. way through the pod. <laughs> yes, you're Jeremiah. I finally drudged my way through the last podcast. Thanks for shoring it up. And I just thought I'd shoot you an email with an answer to your question. The best time to go to Tucson depends on what you like. November is when it really <laughs> Do you starts like burning to cool heat off. Where people die? <laughs> And that lasts until February. Spring is beautiful in the desert, mm-hmm. but can get really windy. Dust is a major problem with the farms to the north of Tucson and the desert between Phoenix. Josh, thank you for pronouncing the name of my hometown correctly. Prescott. Prescott. Like biscuit. That's right. Having been born there and living in Prescott Valley, I can tell you you'd fit right in. Yep. Leia, however. It's a great place. Wow. The Valley Girl is strong with this one. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Thanks for another great podcast. Keep them coming. 73, Jeff. Make it and fix it. KJ7UHH. Thank you, Jeff, for that email. I also started to pronounce it as Prescott. You're welcome. <laughs> I, I did uh, when when I was uh, getting ready to go to Utah. Mm-hmm. So how, w- how would you say K- K-E-B-E-R? K. E B E R K E B Kieber Kieber. That's how you you'd say it. Kieber. Oh, okay. That's how you, that's how they. Oh, fantastic. Okay, you nailed it. <laughs> I thought it was Keber. <laughs> I'm going to Keber. I'm like they're gonna hate you. I thought you went to Heber. Why did you Is say Kieber? I, <laughs> I was more interested in the E and the B and the E and the R. Really, that's the sound that I wanted to get out of you. Fair enough. But whatever, you got it, so fine. 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 Foiled again. Foiled again. (laughs) The next email is titled, Amateur Radio Legal Name. And this is from Jace. Hello, Queen Leia and Squire Josh. My name is Maximilian. (laughs) I just want to go by Max. Thank you both for all the content you produce for us. They said I need a writ of the Lord if I want to change it. (laughs) Uh, Jay starts, thank you both for all the content you produce for us while also raising two kids. I can only imagine how challenging it it can be. And you are both killing it. Thank you. Just killing our lives by not sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) I have a question regarding legal name versus nickname. I prefer to go by Jace, but my license does not reflect that. If I were to give my call and then give a different name, will that cause issues? Nah. I am also going... Well, I mean, like, some salty OM is going to be like, um, I'm looking you up on the ULS, and that is not the name that's... It's like, dog... So you say that hasn't cool. happened before, but literally every contact I have made, somebody has looked me up. Right, and they're like, Nang? <laughs> no, it's Leia. Um, it's Leia? Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, but um, but it, it it doesn't it doesn't really matter. Like yes, they'll they'll probably ask you. You're gonna have to explain it a lot. Yeah, it's like it's my nickname. I go yeah. by Jace. Sure. Jace continues. I'm going to be in LA next week. If possible, I would like to buy you a beer. Oh, that's so nice. Thanks for all that you do. You KM6OTF. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
P.S. With how much driving I have to do for work, the podcast is the perfect one. Oh, that's awesome. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, send me a message. Email me at hoshnazi at gmail.com or send me something on Instagram yeah. or something. LA is very big. Or if Discord. Yeah. I mean, when people are like, valley, I'm coming to LA, it's like, cool. <laughs> Where? If you're in the it's valley, kind of a big place. people in the valley won't even date people from anywhere near Orange County. There's You're some... so bougie, Lana. No, no, so no. Bougie. It's not that. It's that it becomes a long-distance relationship. I'm sorry. You're not in the 310. Oh, that's the South Bay. What are you talking about? I'm talking about the Valley. What's the Valley? Like uh, 818. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And then OC starts at 714. Your area code is different from mine. That means I can cheat on you. What? <laughs> You're messed up. <laughs> the next the next email is titled Podcast 91. And this is from oh, John. All right. Dear Leia and Josh, I have been listening to you two since about the beginning of the pandemic, but this is my first time writing. Josh's videos were instrumental in my passing my tech last year. I just got my general this March, so I am having a great time following your practice tests. Awesome. Well, congratulations. I am writing this from 30,000 feet flying home from Denver to Philadelphia. It is a three-hour flight, so the length of the last couple podcasts have been perfect. I tend to save them up if I have a long trip coming up. Wow, you write this email if you're flying the plane. (laughs) Huh? I absolutely hate flying and jump at oh, any so little bump. Oh, so he's a passenger. Yes. Okay. But I slept through turbulence on the way home. People are like yelling and stuff in the flight, and I'm like, it's like a little massage. It's like an aerial <laughs> massage. <laughs> what? John says, your banter and laughter has been has been keeping me relaxed as we fly through some of the weather and i thank you both for it i wish i could get a beer on an airplane and join in your happy hour but the bar cart seems to be gone from the skies is that true no no more bars no no alcoholic beverages on the flight I'm, not that I know of. You just flew. Did you have an alcohol? It was like an hour flight, and I was flying at like there's still 7 a.m. There's supposed to be drink service uh, every day. My flight out every was like day. at 1, and I did have a Bloody Mary before I got on the plane. So you opted for no. Bloody Mary is kind of like my airport drink. Me too. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I wanted to bring my HT with me on the trip, but I was nervous about taking it on the plane. So the last live stream was very helpful for me, although a few (coughs) days too late. I probably could have reached pretty far with it when we stopped the car at the top of the Continental Divide at Mm. Loveland Pass, though I could not catch my breath long enough enough to walk let alone call CQ. I do not think soda is the right hobby for me. Yeah, I will stick to Iota. There, I only have to worry about sand getting in my radio, and my pina colada does not melt. Islands on the air is something I could really get behind. Okay, yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> is Catalina an island on the air? I don't know. We can look. All right. I guess I, I guess that's all I needed was to figure out what on the air <laughs> thing you would like, and then all of a sudden now you're you want to be on HF. That's great. I'm in. That's great. <laughs> Congrats. You on- do love that catamaran. 
That's a that's a thing. Yeah, you're, you're about that catamaran. Bloody Marys on that catamaran. Bloody Marys. <laughs> there it is. Congrats on your technician license, Leia. Thank you. With it, you are not just limited to your HT. You can also get on the air using six or ten meters. The bands are hopping most days for at least a few hours. You can use what's his name's fancy radios. <laughs> And run FT8 and make contacts well into South America, Canada, and maybe Asia. There's even a fairly good section of the band open up to phone operations. I don't know that she can Once use you start meters. playing on Six HF, meters, yes, she can. Six you meters, will yeah. become even more motivated with passing that general test to get more access. Leia, I think there are four of those band edge questions covering upper and lower sideband, and the answers are all tricky. I try to visualize them rather than remembering the math. Hold your right palm down on the table. Your pinky is on the band edge. Your three fingers are the three kilohertz signal. Your thumb points down the band for lower sideband. Roll your palm your hand to palm up to visualize USB. Yeah, your pinky is oh, still the center frequency. I found that helped with the questions and the concept. That really helps. But then somebody was like, why are you waving at me with your hand on the table like that? <laughs> this is one of the test topics that you must actually know and understand rather than memorize. Otherwise, you can easily end up answering CQ that is out of band. Trust yes. me on that one. Yes, yes, you can. Yes. I am preparing for field day in person this year and wanted to share a couple of things I have been doing to get ready. Preparedness tip number one, determine how long the batteries actually last, turn them on, and time how long before they stop running in scan mode with typical transmitting use. I found my $20 HT, no brands mentioned, last about (laughs) nine hours, while my $200 HT lasts 30 hours Mm. this weekend i'm going to do this with my base station and the extra car battery in my garage preparedness tip two learn how to program a repeater through the keypad on your ht you need to know this when you are away from your computer and want to add a repeater like while out of town i wrote the instructions on a paper and on sunday morning i have some quiet coffee time this happens when the kids are older and sleep till noon (laughs) I is that a thing that oh, they I'm so do? I'm so jealous of this man. They, is that a thing? Is that a thing children do? <laughs> I program in a local repeater onto one of my HTs. The goal is to be able to do it without instructions. It also means having to learn how to calculate the plus or minus offset for yep. two meters and seventy centimeters. Something I had just memorized, but did not really learn to pass the tech test. Well, my trip is over and I am home again. I want to take you to, I want to thank you two for inviting me into your home for these three hour visits. That's 73 awesome. John WB3JAC. Thank you. So, uh, Jerry, KG6HQD would always be an advocate of whatever situation you're in. If you're taking an HT on the field, you need to be able to program it in the field. He was a, He's a big advocate of that. All right. And uh, yeah, it's important to know how to do that. That's a good point. So the next email is titled Microwave. And this is from Steven. Dear Leia and Josh, this microwave has a mute button or a silent mode. So Josh was 
uh, operating and setting off the beeping on the microwave multiple times. And then one day I gave our microwave away and we are microwaveless. So the rational response <laughs> that Leia could have gone down is to figure out how to just snip mute the it? speaker. Yeah, I can just it? snip the speaker. Uh, the <laughs> You could buy this microwave or just unsolder or disconnect the wires from the Oh, my God. What a concept. What a concept. I just wanted to let you know. No, Leia wanted to yeet something hard. (laughs) She was very frustrated. My sister also just got her own apartment with her girlfriend, and they needed a microwave. And so I said, you can have ours. And they came and took it. So it was for a good cause. I think you were already kind of mad at that microwave before the radio thing even became a problem. Because it, it, it didn't, like, it didn't beep before. Right. It and just then you got started upset. Beeping. You got, well, but you got upset with it. Because you would close the door and you'd start it and it wouldn't start. Right. You had to, you had to slam the you door. You had to slam the door and then it would start. Yes. So you were already kind of upset with this, Michael. Sure, sure. I don't want you to just put all the blame on ham radio. But now we don't have a microwave and our life is great. <laughs> all right. Um, and I'll put a link to the microwave oven that Stephen is suggesting. He said, you mentioned this in What to Pack in a Bug Out Bag podcast episode. 73 Stephen KN4 NSZ. I definitely Thank did you not for mention the email. what to pack in a bug out bag as a microwave. I think we mentioned me yeeting the microwave already. Uh, no, I, I'm yeah. kidding. <laughs> oh, you mean joke. packing the microwave? Yeah, that was a joke, Leah. <laughs> Got that was a joke. <laughs> I mean, you see what you do is you put everything in the microwave. Then you put the microwave in your backpack. No, that's not what I was saying. All right. Well, Rob, who... <laughs> It says, thank you for the t-shirt. And Rob says, hi, Leah, Josh, and Nathan. (laughs) And Nathan. I received my Resonate Radiate Propagate t-shirt and love it. Thank you for the quick delivery. For listeners who may not have ordered t-shirts from Ham Tactical, I want you to know the quality is superb. You won't be disappointed. Thank you, Rob. As soon as it arrived, I proudly put it on and life was good. Then my wife came home. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she for saw it and gave me that look. That's quote unquote that look. Yes. It's very interesting how people who have no interest in ham radio at all will understand the message resonate, radiate, and propagate. Get it? Propagate can be taken in different ways depending on the context. Oh. Well, she took it a very different oh. way. What surprised me was she also took resonate and radiate that same way i had some explaining to do (laughs) (laughs) i kind of saw the propagate thing coming i thought that would be something that really threw people for a loop (laughs) i did not know you could take resonate and radiate that way too the same okay. dirty way? I don't think no, I would no. take it that way. Last week, one of your practice test questions asked about the purpose of beacon stations, and one possible answer was observation of propagation. That would not have been a good argument for me to bring up in that discussion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, you see, That's... what we have here is a teaching moment. <laughs> you need to teach your wife about the value of amateur radio. By observing propagation. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All of this leads me to another t-shirt idea. Be this f- leads me to, I'm sending my shirt back. <laughs> Be fruitful and propagate. <laughs> Have a great podcast and thanks for all you do. 73 Rob KI5 GFL. Thank you, Rob. It's very good. The next email is titled Within Three of the Last Email. (laughs) Okay. And this is from Nathan. Hello. I don't know if I have reached the correct entities. The last email. But I I was. It is. In fact, not even within the last three. Uh oh. No, Nathan. But wondering about this thing called ham radio, how do the pigs understand each other over the background noise? Is there a phonetic oinkabat? Oinka, boinko, chaloinki, deloinki, or deloinka? I have heard it is. Is that Russian? Get it? It's... Pig Latin? No, it's oinks added on to the phonetic alphabet. Deltoinka? Delta? Okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. That sounds Russian to a certain point. I have heard it is boring. Get it? Bore. Pig. Okay. Okay. Now you're explaining the joke. (laughs) All these pigs hoofing it up a mountain for a somit on the air. Maybe they will be hungry and just have a picnic. I don't know if I could get into it as I'm more into bacon cakes and cookies. Maybe (laughs) I'm... Just taking my opportunity for this new hobby uh, for granted. (laughs) I now bow after having you read aloud for pigsterity all of my ham puns. (laughs) Your face, Josh. I loved it, Nathan. Leia loves puns (laughs) so much. She thinks they are so funny. Delightful. Delightful. To address last week's podcast, I love that you changed the day of the podcast this once without telling anyone. I had to laugh. I haven't had so many mentions throughout the podcast ever. I am glad you were able to spend some actual time discussing the show length and depth. I haven't seen that in a while since the emails usually take up the majority of the podcast, making them the show topic each week. I heard from a couple of people on Facebook joking that they may need to send you an email every day to try to be the last email since you never know when you'll record the podcast monsters you've created 73 Kelawoink one moink oinka zulinka zulinka sorry k1 maz nathan (laughs) claps to leia for reading all this (laughs) Thank you for your email, Nathan. Indeed. Sorry, not even in the last... Oh, actually, Nathan, you just lucked out because the last email says not for the podcast. So you are now the in the last three. Oh, yes. okay, okay. Proud HRCC patron, and this is from Rob. Hi, Leia. What about a t-shirt that says proud HRCC patron on the front with a large ham radio crash course oh, logo cool. on the back? I could do that. That'd be fun. And if we make it, you're getting one. Have a great day, Rob. 
KI5GFL. Thank you, Rob. Yeah, that's good, Rob. And he uh, follows up. This is the last email. It's about the Dark Heather conspiracy. So Rob sent the merch idea and then had a Mm note. Okay, cool. Got it. So I'm not going to read this whole email because it's actually a a list, but I have to frame this out. Uh, There was (laughs) a... uh, somebody who purchased a ham tactical shirt Mm -hmm. but had mailed us a check to do it do not do this please yeah don't do this (laughs) we made an exception to the process because uh this person doesn't use any um online payment systems Mm -hmm. and it was sent with a note on spiral round paper of a spiral bound paper torn out and one of the comments was that i was sabotaging your t-shirt design for the radiate resonate propagate Mm -hmm. by listing a color of shirt that i did not make available okay he requested dark heather it is not a shirt that existed and then i eventually had to add the dark heather to fulfill (laughs) his order okay wow okay (laughs) this is a move and this is titled Dark Heather Conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Hi, Leia. Follow, the following t-shirts mention Dark Heather in the description, but don't have it in the drop-down menu for selecting the color. In case there are some shirts that won't work with Dark Heather, you may want to edit the text description all in your free time. Thanks for all you do with the HRCC community. So I take, I have a blanket. If you see that, if you see colors mentioned in the description, it's because I have a blanket form for um, all of the information related to the shirts. Oh, so you're saying you you copy pasted Dark Heather into the description of the shirt? The but description you didn't of the shirt. Dark Heather. Well, the Dark Heather shirt has mm-hmm. a different blend than other shirts and the description tells you what the shirts are made of Mm -hmm. and lists out other colors that may not have that standard so this is not you this is the website that's doing it well the production partner gives me the information and i just want to be fully transparent about as much as i can so people know what they're going to be receiving okay right so i have a template Mm-hmm. that has all of the descriptions um and i just copy and paste that from my file into the shirt description so this is so still always, you pasting the dark heather you pasted the dark yeah heather. i'm just not gonna edit it every time because I, there are certain times where i remove colors that i don't think go well with the design yeah no i understand yeah. But but you left the dark heather in I did. on those designs. Yeah. And then people are like, where is the dark heather? Yes. So now you know it's not a conspiracy. It's just me being lazy about editing my description. Okay, I got it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Not a conspiracy. No, or not maybe. a conspiracy. And that is the last email. The last email. Thank you, email correspondents. I hope you enjoyed your time in the tower. Well, let's shut the door. <laughs> on the correspondence tower yes. and move right into Leia's general question Oh, man. Test. Guess what? Only three questions <gasps> to the end. Oh, my. Do I get a theme song for my test taking yet? You know, something inspiring, like like the Rocky montage theme song. Something, you know. 
Yeah, I'll buy a, a device to allow that to happen. Oh, that's okay. Next podcast. That's okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I, don't <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm down either way. It's cool. We are starting with question 32 of 35. What is meant by the term ROM? That's R-O-M. A, resistor-operated memory. B, resistant-to-overload memory. C, read-only memory. D, random operational memory. I'm going to say C, read-only memory. Good for you. Good for you. Thank you. That's really not a hammer your question, no. by the way. <laughs> Which of the following is true of an emergency generator installation? Mm-hmm. A, all of these choices are correct. B, the generator should be located in a well-ventilated area. C, the generator must be insulated from ground. D, fuel should be stored near the generator for rapid refueling in case of emergency. Rapid refueling. <laughs> I am going to say. How are you even thinking about the this? generator must be insulated from ground? What? The Read generator the should again. be the located again. in a well-ventilated area. Good yes. God. <laughs> what are you talking? Isolated from ground? Yes. Isolated from Isolated. <laughs> yes. You want it to be as dangerous as possible. I want this thing. <laughs> I don't normally give you hints, but wow. Because <laughs> generators actually. I want the generator exhaust. to be on my face. <laughs> Can I accommodate that? On what, Can you make a harness? On what bands may automatically controlled stations transmitting RIDI or data emissions communicate with other automatically controlled digital stations? A, only on the non-phone extra-class segments of the band. B, anywhere on the non-phone segments of the 10-meter or shorter wavelength bands. C, on any band where digital operation is permitted. D, anywhere on the 6-meter or shorter wavelength bands and in limited segments of some of the HF bands. What? (laughs) Do you know what RIDI is? We talked about Riddy. Yes. Okay. Uh, C, on any band segment where digital operation is permitted. No. Anywhere in the six meter or shorter wavelength bands and in limited segments of some HF bands. Fair enough. Last question. Last question. That's four questions. Did you want to say something about the last? Uh, I actually thought that was uh, anywhere, uh, but it was automatic station. Oh, so that was the key word was the automatic station. Hmm. You thought I selected the right thing. I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. It would make sense. You'd think so. Yeah. But then if you had like a ton of automatic automatic stations on every band, just Mm, like squawking, right? Mm -hmm. So, okay. I get it. Which of the following most limits an HF mobile installation? A, picket fencing. B, FCC rules limiting mobile output power on the 75-meter band. C, the wire gauge of the DC power line to the transceiver. D, efficiency of the electrically short antenna. Oh, that's a good question. It's a pretty good question. Uh, A, picket fencing? No. D, the efficiency of the electrically short antenna. 
All right. Failed. Like the worst I have ever done yeah. on a test ever. No, uh, this test was tough. 10 out of 35 questions. Uh, so painful. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty... I gotta say, Lynn, that's pretty bad. It... God. I know. You don't have to tell me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know. Well... Leah, thank you for being a good sport and doing the emails and doing the uh, the live question test. The humiliation test. <laughs> well, you know, that's the that's the best thing about this is we did this with the, the technician test. I didn't nearly do as badly on the technician like ever. You did. You failed, though. But not multiple ten. times. Multiple times. All right. And then all of a sudden you're like one day. You woke up and you're like, I'm going to actually study. Uh-huh. And oh, are you was, hinting at something? It was a couple of days and then you were like, you were good. You were passing all the tests. Mm-hmm. It was that fast. It was it was crazy. It was, a, it was a metamorphosis that you went through. Are you hinting at something? No, I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Who knows? Are you giving me a tip? No, I, uh, you know, hey. We're just talking here. We're just talking. <laughs> All right. Well, so I want to mention up front next week, next week, starting on Friday, we are going to be running the YouTube Ham Fest. It is pretty much nonstop ham radio action from Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And you can go to YouTubersHamFest.com to get all the details, including the show schedule. We have a jam-packed set of people that we're going to have on to talk to. There's going to be discussions about new products coming out. There's going to be discussions, how-to videos. I am very excited that I'm going to have George from the Ham Radio Workbench on the show. Wow. And we're going to be talking about oscilloscopes. I am super excited about that. Uh, very, very it's going to be a lot of fun. We we started this last year. Are there any giveaways? There might be. There there might be. We're, we um, we are going to pursue that in a larger form next year. This year, though, we're very much in the infancy of that, uh, and and we'll see how it goes going forward. Let's just put it that way. I would argue, though, that uh, the the more you watch, you'll probably find out about what we're planning on doing. So keep that in mind. Okay. So mysterious. So mysterious. Okay. So Huntsville. Obviously, I'm going to the Huntsville Ham Fest. Huntsville. That's right. Huntsville. Thank you for correcting me. Prescott. We get we get Prescott, right? But Prescott. Huntsville. Got to make sure I get that correct. We will be at, well, I will be at the Huntsville Ham Fest and we'll be making videos. We'll be out there for the shows. There is a, actually, there's multiple night events uh, that the YouTubers are putting together. And as we get closer to that event, I will make sure that I let you all know on the live stream as we get closer because it will be straight up like a meetup. Um, obviously I'll be on the show floor though. So, you know, come, come up and say hi and all that fun stuff that goes into it. But the show topic today 
you know, at mm-hmm. at Hamfest, is mm-hmm. there a printer that's just printing out pictures that it's receiving over the air? What? You know how you can do, you can transmit pictures. SSTV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is is there a printer just printing out pictures? No. Why would there be? Would there is there a screen just showing the images that are, are being received from the? No. That'd be a really fun way to transmit, you know, messages and pictures of ladies. Why does it have to be ladies? Why can't it be like flowers and lakes and (laughs) beaches? So. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, SSTV. A lot of dudes on SSTV. What dudes? Dudes don't like lakes and no, beaches. Yeah, they love lakes. You know what they love though? What ladies? <laughs> and they'll do like their call sign calling CQ, and it'll be a picture of like that's obviously not the person that's transmitting this message. <laughs> that looks like a model, right? She's not a ham. How do you know? Like there, there are no beautiful model. Hands. Well, when when I search the call sign, and it's Bill McGuire, I'm gonna go with probably not the Bill model. McGuire went through a life change. Okay, really? <laughs> wow, <laughs> this is okay. All right. What is the show topic? <laughs> You're the one who brought it here. I just, I just want you to know that. You're the one that, that went down I just thought road. it was a fun idea. If I had a booth, I would set up the whole SSTV thing so people could see what was being received. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I, I don't disagree with you. I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. I, I've got a little Raspberry Pi that I could take around and plug it into monitor. I could just go to other booths with monitors <laughs> and plug my Raspberry Pi into it. <laughs> And just show pictures of ladies on on <laughs> on the monitors. Look at what I got on SSTV. <laughs> it's probably like Russian cosmonauts on the ISS, just downlinking pictures of ladies at this point. I don't know. <laughs> don't do that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Fine. All right. So what we're talking about is we're obviously in May, and we are. It's gonna be. Yeah, I, 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 I just wanted to leave the, the little pauses in there to see if you'd do it, and you did. I knew I can't resist. You just can't. <laughs> That's something that Edison says a it's lot. It's gonna to be May. No, Edison always says, "I can't resist." <laughs> yeah, well, that's a problem. That shows poor impulse control. <laughs> So the the show topic of today is building up towards field day. And we'll, we'll probably be talking about field day in, in upcoming podcasts and getting ready for field day. Uh, but today specifically, the, the show topic is going to be on the different types of stations that you can run on field day. So the way this works, the way this works is, Field day is, it starts on June 26th and it goes through June 27th. It's always the fourth full weekend of June, okay? 
And what happens is when you're making contacts, you are going to give people your call sign and then some kind of designator. And the designator is the class that you're operating under, okay? And it's always going to start at alpha or... Was that an earthquake? No, I think it was a truck. Jeez. The whole, like, house shook right now. So the first class of operation, again, alpha, you know, beta, and all the way down. Bravo. Bravo. Yeah, there you go. Mm -hmm. See? Hey. Hey. Look at you with the phonetics. Hmm. So the first one is uh, Alpha, Class A. Those are, is club and non-club portable. I'll just read you some of the notes. Club or non-club group of three or more persons set up specifically for field day. Such stations must be located in places that are not regular stations located and must not use facilities installed for permanent station use. So basically it means like setting up in a park. You don't have permanent mains. There's no desks available. You're not like in a building kind all of right. thing. Right? All right. All right. A single license or trustee for the entry is responsible for the group entry. All equipment, including antennas, must lie within a circle with a uh, circle whose diameter does not exceed 300 meters or 1,000 feet. To be listed as Class A, all contacts must be made with transmitters and receivers operating independent independent of commercial power mains. Entrants whom, for any reason, operate a transmitter or receive from a commercial main for one or more of a contacts must be listed separately as Class A. Class A is the largest, well, one of the larger groups within field day and probably the most competitive of groups. Field day is not a true radio contest. It is a fun time contest. It is a low competitive aspect contest. With that said, take everything I just said, and if you were to ask some people about what I just said, they would tell you, no, it's a contest, and we're doing this real, and we're going real hard. There are people who take field day very seriously, and they are going at it for the points. They want to win. I don't disagree with them at all. I don't have any problem with taking uh, field day into a full contest level of of complexity. Um, But with that said, A is for clubs. I will mention it just because I think it's a very important aspect of field day. If you're sitting there thinking, hey, we're going to do a field day with our club. We're going to set up out in the park. We're going to go somewhere in the public. If you're going to do that, make sure you set up a GOTA station. And GOTA is get on the air station. GOTA. GOTA, yeah. And that's any class A or class F station entry whose transmitter classification is two or more transmitters. We'll talk a little bit about the number of transmitters you're bringing to the field, but they may also operate one additional station without changing its entry category. And this is known as a get-on-the-air station. The the get-on-the-air station is there as kind of a goodwill station. It's for people to come up that don't know about ham radio, that want to learn more. Ideally, you staff this station with somebody that is a ham, Um, A lot of people use VHF, UHF for a get-on-the-air station. 
to get people to make contacts and add that to those contacts that your club is building upon. Remember, field day is supposed to be, um, it's many things. It is about doing emergency preparedness. It is about getting on the air. It is about friendly competition and exposing people to what ham radio is and and showing them what it's all about. So the get on the air station is very important for that. Okay, so going off of class A, you get to class B. Class B is one or two person portable. Portable stations are like a lot of folks like Adam right? Adam will do, you know, he'll he'll climb up to a summit. Jerry would do this too on field day and activate portably. That is a class B station, a field day station set up and operated by no more than two persons. Other provisions are the same as class A, except it is not eligible for a GOTA or free VHF station. One or two person class B entries will be listed separately. So it is a portable station. It's like parks on the air. It's like summits on the air. It's get out there, get portable. Whatever it is you normally do with ham radio, if you're running portable, you're probably good as running class B. However, class C is a distinction on class B. Stations in vehicles, so specifically these are mobile stations capable of operating while in motion, and normally operated in this manner. This includes <coughs> maritime, aeronautical, mobile. If the Class C station is being powered from a car battery or alternator, it qualifies for emergency power, but does not qualify for the multiplier of 5, as the alternator battery system constitutes a motor-generated system. Well, they may have to modify that for those of us running fully electric vehicles no maybe i don't know now class d stations okay so we hit we hit a b and c and we're getting to d now in the past years everything prior to covid class d stations are home stations they're people who have a antenna mounted in the backyard or on their home that connects to a radio that's in their shack That shack is powered by the mains. In all other years, you would only be able to work non-D stations. That was the major distinction. You couldn't operate and make points with other home-based operators. However, COVID changed all of that. Stations operating from permanent or licensed station locations using commercial power, okay, that classifies a home station. Now, here is a rule waiver. It's the same rule waiver that we had in 2020, but there is a different distinction in 2021 that we have to hit. So there's a rule waiver for Class D stations that says, for field day 2021 only, Class D stations may work all other field day stations, including Class D stations for points. Field day rule 4.6 defines Class D stations as home stations, including stations operating from a permanent 
or license station location using commercial power. Class D stations ordinarily may only count contacts made with Class A, B, C, E, and F field stations, but the temporary rule waiver for 2021 allows Class D stations to count contacts with other Class D stations for QSO credit. And again, QSO means contact. Now, here is the new... So that was the 2020 rule. You could operate at home. You could make contacts. Everything was good. There is a distinction in 2021. Class D stations and Class E stations are limited to 150 watts peak envelope transmit output power. Why? Great question. Well, let me hit you with uh, Class E, and then we can talk about that. So Class E is home stations running on emergency power. Same as Class D, but using emergency power for transmitters and receivers. Class E may work all field day stations, and then they have the, the limitation above. So this is kind of the big distinction in 2021. Uh, when I was at home last year for 2020 during the times of COVID, I ran that amplifier on full blast. <laughs> I, I put out all the power I could and made as many contacts as I could during field day. In 2021, they have taken the Class D station, which is, again, the home station running off of mains power, and they said, hey, um, it's fine if you can make contacts with other Class D stations, but now you're limited to 150 watts which is kind of like um, it's barefoot power output, right, Leia? 100 watts is basically what they're saying. Okay. So why do I think they did this? I was, uh, again, I was at home for field day 2020 last year. And field day before that, years before, the contacts I made it was very, um, it was, how, how's the best way to put this? Field day was always busy on the bands. Like you always had many, many people lined up on the bands making contacts. And, and anytime there was an opening, there would be somebody else that would jump in there and try and make contacts. It was always a very contested space. But you had many, many big booming stations that would come in and they were like the people that everyone would try and make contacts to, to get them in their logs. Huh. Right? They were the big alpha stations. The, you know, hey, this is a 12 alpha. We've got 12 simultaneous transmitters, and we're running as a club. And then they'd give you the state that they're operating in or whatever. And you'd add that to the logs. Like, cool, I got this. And they were almost like a beacon because they'd be riding on that frequency all day long. They would just be just hammering out cues, hammering out cues on those frequencies. In COVID time, 2020, the bands, I, I heard less of those stations. That doesn't mean that they weren't out there, but I, I suspect they actually weren't. But we heard a ton of home stations, and there was a ton of just broken contacts that I made. Lots of people that um, they were out there and they were stepping on each other, likely because they couldn't hear each other on the same frequency, and it was just a lot of chaos. 
I'm not saying that's bad. I'm not complaining. It's different. It's new. It's something that, you know, we, we didn't do uh, the previous years. But it was really interesting that when we gave people the opportunity to just stay home and operate, many people did. But most people don't have, like, big contest stations that they would get these big booming signals out. Uh, but still, people tried, and I think that's great. The problem that I think I found is that a lot of people have not great receive antennas. Uh, mm. I, I, I think I found that, like, people were out there and they were making calls or they were, they were trying to call for contacts, but they didn't know that they were on top of other people, maybe because their noise floor was too high. You know, maybe too much oh, RFI probably, in their ham shack right? that it was just drowning out all the all these other contacts. So it was just it was just people talking over people nonstop. Which, if you've got a big contest station or you know a, a more powerful you know um, field day station, we lose some of that chaos because the field station with a lot of power they likely have a low noise floor and they're hearing just this mass of people calling calling for them and they're the ones working the pile up but if there's nobody working the pile up everybody gets out on those frequencies and they just start just start jamming them they start talking and they're calling CQ but they can't hear that they're stepping over other people and it just became it became a little crazy so maybe the 100 watts is Maybe it's a way of trying to reduce the chaos a bit. Maybe. I don't know. Mm. I think maybe it is. And the last class is class F, and that is the field. Or it's to punish people who are operating from home. Maybe. You need to go outside. The you point need to get some friends and go outside. outside. That's right. <laughs> So this is the Emergency <laughs> Operator Center of the EOC, an amateur radio station at an established EOC activated by a club or non-club group. Class F operate operations must take place in an established EOC. Stations may utilize equipments and antenna temporarily or permanently installed at the EOC for the event. Entries will be reported according to the number of transmitters in simultaneous operation. Class F stations are eligible for a free VHF station. At Class 2F, they are eligible for a GOTA station. So we'll we'll talk more about the rules of field day. And if you want, aside from the Class D rules, I have already had a live stream on this topic where we broke down field day and the rules that go into it and i have streamed uh, i actually streamed for 10 hours uh during field day 2028 i think yeah 2028 uh so you can go back and watch what that looks like i i did the whole thing live and had a lot of fun uh 2020 was at home because we i had, liked it yeah i bet you did <laughs> it was fun though i had fun so i don't know what i'm going to do with uh 2021 yet i will definitely operate field day um on saturday i don't know um exactly how this is going to work but i've been invited to a very special field day event Ooh! and i don't know if i'm going to go on saturday or sunday actually i i haven't figured out how i'm going to do this it is not like um 
Well, we have to figure that out. It's going to be really fun. It's not a ham club. It is a different type of group uh, that we'll be potentially operating from. And I'm, uh, I'm very excited to talk about that in the future. So that is how the classifications work. And then if you, if you pull up the rules, it all comes down to transmitters, how many transmitters you're running simultaneously, what classification you're running, and then uh, what ARRL section you're in. So I am in Los Angeles, so we use the term LAX. LAX huh. is um, just, what we say. Just like the airport. Just like the LR airport, yeah. So, Leah, do you have any other comments or anything on that? You want to do some field day? Maybe. Maybe? Maybe. We're going down to Redondo, I think, is where the uh, this event will be held at. I love Redondo. I'm in. I, I mean, it's not going to be at the beach. Oh, it's, I'm out. Oh. oh. <laughs> well, that was fun. That was a good discussion. It's a, It's been a real ride for you. Yeah. I was super into what you were saying there for the first couple of seconds. That was great. <laughs> anyway, thank you all for listening to the podcast we truly have a lot of fun making it and the fact you listen and send us feedback means a lot to us it really does i cannot understate how much fun we have doing all of this and the fact that you give us direct feedback in the forms of your emails and your podcast reviews really do mean a lot so um thank you everyone it it makes it worth it for us to go through the process because I don't think if we had that, we would definitely not do yeah, it. Yeah, because we'd be like, nobody's listening. We're going to the- go to sleep. <laughs> so that's going to be fun, too. Anyway, with that said, to everyone listening, thank you so much. 73. 73.